0: So you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Coming up on the program today, Taryn Vavra is off to a really hot start to spring training. I think he's hitting something like 545, if I remember correctly. Hopefully that continues. I, I think it's got a good I, shot. I'm I'm in favor of that. But we'll check in uh, down in Sarasota before Stan heads down get some uh, recommendations he can tell us about what the weather looks like for you and Taryn Vavra from the Orioles will join us here in a bit also coming up this morning our friend Brad Jackson former Ravens linebacker we'll probably talk a little bit about what's going on but he's got a new gig working with the senior bowl so we're going to talk to him about that and some prospects that uh, Ravens fans should keep in mind heading towards the NFL draft our buddy B. Jack Brad Jackson will join us a little bit later on. Um, Stan. In the last forty-eight hours, we've gone from well, it's a neat little thing that the NFLPA did, and having guys figure out, fill out these report cards, <laughs> to in Baltimore.
1: Oh my God! Everything is
0: burning. It's amazing how it's all happened so quickly. Um,
2: somewhere... I, I have a new take on how the Ravens can get the heat off of them, oh. the organization over Lamar. Okay, I think they should have a rat
0: infestation. Ah, and then in everybody the locker talk about rooms that. Out at right. Mills yeah, that's a hell of an a And
2: down at M&T Bank Stadium, that is a hell of an I think idea. M&T would probably
0: love that. No, nah, not great. And the
2: state is involved <laughs> with that, so I don't think they'd allow it. Um, Jacksonville, they've got yeah, at their training facility and the stadium. Well, and the, so and the, the
0: s- Cardinals make you pay for your own food when right. you're working All out I of does. the facility. There's a lot going on here, man. <laughs> there are bigger problems. I, the The report card itself, you know, obviously the the score. We talked about it yesterday. The score was alarming for the strength staff, but yeah. but. You Again, think? the Ravens you think? fired the strength coach. Right. So, you know, you look and you say, well, everything should be fine, right? But then you see this string of former players that have things to say, and most notably, obviously, the tweet that we talked about yesterday from Rashad Bateman. Right. And all of a sudden, everything starts ballooning, and we start veering into the territory of what's going on over there. Because, for what it's worth, it is... And it was pointed out to me yesterday because I, I said I think the most likely scenario is Rashad Bateman is frustrated, got a little emotional in a tweet, and with the benefit of a couple of hours, would be like, "Yo, I'm I'm," and a call from his rep. Yeah, you know, like I'm I, I this wasn't I didn't need to do this, yeah. and that's essentially the way that it worked, right? A couple hours later, he was like, "My apologies," and right. the whole thing, the hug, and yeah, but it's still unravens like to have. Top players so publicly targeting, in this case, Eric DaCosta, but really Eric DaCosta by proxy, right? Because it was really targeting the things that Eric DaCosta was saying, although it's been pointed out by a few people, it's kind of ironic. It's not like Eric DaCosta was suggesting that the wide receivers stink, he was just He's sort saying of saying the production the, sucked. The track record yeah. at wide receiver has not been good, and he would like to fix it and, you know, all that sort of stuff. It was weird that that was the tweet that got, you know, Rashad Bateman's gander, right? Like that – it. it's not like Eric DaCosta said, yeah, these guys really can't play or they've really let us down or something like that. And, you know, again, I – I think Rashad Bateman is still much more a part of the solution than the problem. He's just dealt with injury. He says that's because of Steve Saunders and points out he was never injured in his life until he arrived in Baltimore and worked with this group of strength coaches. And for didn't what he
2: have an injury coming in? N- like no, he in got, college.
0: Like he, no, he was when never he hurt came in, in college. He might have gotten. I thought he got hurt. I thought when he came to the first camp, he was hurt. He got hurt quickly. If I remember correctly, we'll 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 double okay. check on the date on well, that. I I'm pretty sworn sure it was
2: something that they knew when they drafted It was a training
0: him. camp practice. He suffered the groin injury. Okay,
2: so well, you know that gets pretty tricky when you start targeting the strength coach because you pulled a groin muscle. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, August 10th,
0: 2021. But it, it what it can line up with was originally all of this started with Derek Wolf. Derek Wolf was the first person to publicly come out a couple years ago and target Steve Saunders and target the way the Ravens went about doing things and said they are trying to ramp things up entirely too quickly. And this is where it kind of comes to the what is the bigger problem, right? Is there is a bigger problem, this was all unique to Steve Saunders, mm-hmm. John Harbaugh knew there was a Steve Saunders problem, but as people point out, is very loyal and doesn't like firing people and was... Was slow to recognize the how issue. How big a
2: problem it was becoming in his locker room.
0: Or was Steve Saunders a reflection of the attitude and the 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 personality that John Harbaugh wants? And if we've seen at times he has pushed the envelope, the Ravens got penalized because he was trying to skirt rules about how much you practice. That is, he just an old school kind of hard ass guy that's frustrated that you can't have two a days any longer and frustrated about it and is on board with we want you ramping up as quickly as you possibly can when you arrive there's no welcome in period it's we're going balls to the wall from the moment that you get here because that's the way that i feel like things should be Derek wolf was the first to say that part of this is inappropriate but he didn't say it came from john harbaugh he pointed out steve saunders I feel like in the last 24 hours, we're kind of at a crossroads for the Ravens to have for some Steve Bishotti. And, you know, as you talked about last week, Steve Bishotti continues to sort of not be available and not really have anything to say. But I do think at some point he's going to have to step in and make sure that when they moved on from Steve Saunders, it wasn't because and I forget that pull up the name. It's Elliot, I believe, is the name of the assistant strength coach who took over as strength coach isn't just going to be a different messenger with the same message that's going to continue to cause problems. Because if that's the case, it appears to be a real issue within the locker room right now. Yeah, it does. If John Harbaugh is the one that's sort of pulling the strings, you know, I... Yeah, I don't think the... Yeah, I don't think the...
2: Well, Bateman sort of by proxy is insinuating it's an organizational thing, not just Eric with the strength coach. Right. He
0: goes he's saying, take care of us, you know. And if that again, if if the Ravens can say, Well we did, we got rid of Steve Saunders, there's gonna be a new day around here. Right. Then I think it's I think for the most part, reasonable people can say, Hey, you probably waited a little bit too long to fix this problem. But okay, we can accept that it's fixed moving forward. I think the question is, is it fixed? Or are you just switching who the messenger is that's providing the same message? Same message, message, yeah. And if that's the case, it's a bigger problem. To wit, in the last 24 hours, we've weirdly gone to a place where suddenly John Harbaugh is going to be fired in the middle of the off season. That's not; it it just does not work that way in the NFL. But I I absolutely believe, and we can talk about this and tie it into the way what they're dealing with otherwise. There is an angst. I, I said yesterday on Twitter i have a lot of conversations with players at no point have i gotten the sense there's any sort of like organizational upheaval that there is we want out this place is a mess this is we know the places that are messes right like Mm -hmm. we understand them this it wasn't surprising that some teams graded low on everything and the it's not surprising at all that washington graded low in absolutely everything in these report cards they're a disaster of an organization it's not surprising that Arizona graded low in just about everything in these report cards, including charging charging players for. So food. embarrassing. Every other team in football is like, please spend more time at the facility. Right. We don't Eight. want we don't want you out. You could be out there drag racing, you could be out there doing. Right. We want you to be here. Please spend as much time as you possibly can here. We'll give you food, we'll give you all these things. Just be in the building as much as you possibly can. The Cardinals are like, get the f out. <laughs> we Get out. Go do whatever you want to do. You're not going to be here. We don't want you here. Um, I've never gotten the sense that there was any sort of mess that the Ravens were dealing with. But the, the strength coach thing, I think it's fair to use the word toxic. Like, it's clearly toxic. Overwhelmingly, it's a problem. And overwhelmingly, when we talk about the incredible bad luck the Ravens have had from an injury standpoint, it's abundantly clear they blame one thing for that they blame it on the strength coach. So I think it's incumbent upon John Harbaugh to recognize that and to say you know we we can't just keep doing things the same way around here. We have to completely change the method by which we do things. I mean,
2: I'm not saying either of us have a list of injuries that the Ravens have had, right. but like the 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 Bateman injury in the in the game, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, that and one that th- was this g- season, yes. Right. Was, How uh, about uh, Gus uh, Edwards and uh and uh, jp dobbins Dobbins, they were hurt in game i mean is there something that the strength i don't understand the uh, look i don't know all the reasons they're saying this but if they're saying that players are getting hurt in games because of the strength and conditioning coach i don't i don't
3: understand how that's possible well if If you go to Derek Wolfe's point, I guess, is that in training camp in August, they're going 110% from the get-go than by, and that's why maybe they're ramping it up too fast, and that's why J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards suffer those devastating
0: early season injuries. That was, what, two years ago? You mean ramping up in that they shouldn't have been in the games? I mean, mean, so somebody, maybe we should try calling him this morning. Our friend Cadre Ismael, of course, now this is what he does now for a living, is strength and conditioning type of stuff. More in the training capacity up in Bel Air. Right. And he's talked about this a number of times. Was, so a former Raven, Carl Davis, um, right. res- was one of the players that came out. He's now with the New England, or he was this season with the New England Patriots. And he responded, Matt Judon, okay, <laughs> Let me go, there's la- okay. many layers to this. Okay. Former Ravens linebacker, Bam Bradley, five months post-ACL, unsuccessfully doing the same leg workouts as people with healthy knees never sits right with me, ruined me that he's saying that when i was being forced to try to do workouts that i wasn't ready to do coming off an acl surgery that prevented me from ever being able to get okay. back onto a field matthew judon quote tweeted it and said ben told them to fire him like he's coming out and saying i've been telling them for some time they need to get rid of this guy then who's, Carl- ben? who's ben no ben B-E-E-N. n i've been i've been telling oh, ben them tell- it's just the okay. way that, yeah Um, Carl Davis responds by saying crazy part is that dog went and said, I wasn't working hard and I was being rebellious. I'm like, I'm not trying to get hurt again. He's talking about his own rehab from an injury. Kadri responded by saying the sad part in all of this, the strength and conditioning community at large is a Steve Saunders mindset. They give you training for big muscles that are counter to what you actually do on the field, setting you up for failure and to be injury prone. The argument is what, you're te- what the strength coach has been telling them to do is not going to be what's going to help them when they actually get on the football field. They're just trying to create you know, this, this sort of tough guy mentality, mm-hmm. but it's not exactly what's going to happen on the football field. And if your muscles aren't trained for the actual work you're going to do on a football field, you're more likely to become injury prone even during the course of a football game. So even if the injury isn't specifically unique to during training, right, you end up finding yourself potentially getting hurt in a situation like this. It sounds—it sounds like the mindset
2: then is very similar to the strength and conditioning coach under D.J. Durkin. Now, D.J. Durkin's strength yeah, and conditioning—a little bit they, more
0: psychopathic, I guess. No, this, but I mean, yeah. the,
2: this, I, I'm not talking about. Yeah. It, it's just right. this tough guy mentality. Yes, that you, you're a wimp. Or, you know, the P word, if you don't do what we say
0: you should be able to do. Correct. And instead of focusing on your unique situation, that was one of the things in the report where I said we didn't feel like there was no individual strength plan. It was just go do this stuff. Right. And as these multiple players are kind of pointing out, that didn't make sense for them in the situation that they were in. Again, you, never
2: heard, you never heard this with uh, Tessendorf? I've never, never heard this heard with anyone. Never with Jeff Friday? I mean, I've never. Yeah. Th- this is the with first Joe, time. Tessendorf was a trainer.
0: Right. The, these Tessendorf. guys. yeah, are the right.
2: Jeff Friday, though, was a strength and conditioning coach.
0: I mean, Cur- yeah. we, Like this is we, the Curtis Schultz famously was a strength coach around here right. for a long time. We've got a uh, Tim Hasselbeck on the line? Would you like to? Tim Hasselbeck time? checked yes. in this morning. Yes. Well, what the heck? I'd love to talk to All Tim right. Hasselbeck for a couple of minutes. Why not? <laughs> Tim Hasselbeck thinks the Ravens should use the non-exclusive tag on Lamar Jackson, and okay. we were trying to drag him down earlier in the okay. week. Okay, you know Tim Hasselbeck once upon a time was in Baltimore, of course, uh, hanging out with the Ravens. Uh, that's a, a lovely, pleasant surprise prize from ESPN. Tim Hasselbeck is joining us here this morning. Tim, good morning. It's Glenn Clark, stand the fan, Charles, in Baltimore. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, man, uh, before we get to what you had to say about the, the tag, if I could, I'm sure you've heard about all this drama related to the strength coach situation in Baltimore and the number of players, including Rashad Bateman, who have come out very strongly. Um, is does it worry you at all that apparently this has been a feeling that has existed and been prevalent for years, and yet the Ravens didn't do anything about it until this offseason?
4: Yeah, look, I, I think that you know some of the stuff that's come out with whether it's been strength coaches, whether it's been food at a team's facility, whether it's, uh, you know, a training staff and the kind of openness and honesty of a training staff. You know, I feel like those things in general in the national football league have been going on for a really, really long time. And, you know, obviously with what the NFL PA is doing now, it's trying to shed some light on that stuff. So I would just say, based on, you know, the various teams that I was a part of, um, there are typically issues everywhere, you know, and they're, they're typically not the same issues. Some places love the strength coach. Some places, you know, despise them. Some places, you know, guys love the, the training staff and trust them. Other places, they don't. I, I just I feel like in some ways it's nothing new. This is just more of a, you know, kind of shedding light on how the current players feel about the current situation with their clubs.
0: Does it reflect on a head coach if something – like, and it's it's coming out hot and heavy. Does it reflect on John yeah. Harbaugh specifically at all if he was just ignoring it and saying, this is my guy, you know, yeah. deal with it? Does that Do we have to have a conversation about – look, John Harbaugh is a highly successful coach. He was won a lot, and I'm not trying to suggest this means that, you know, he's unqualified to be a coach or something like that. But it just seems like yeah. I can't completely dismiss the role that John Harbaugh plays – When there was a real issue going on here.
4: So anytime you have a head coach that has accomplished a lot and has a lot of control, and say, yeah, the trail is always going to lead back there. You know, just like take it away from Harbaugh for a second, and just you know, um, you know, to probably take some of the emotion out of it for for maybe some of your listeners. Like look at look at the the way people responded to the training staff in kansas city like is andy reed a uh a heck of a football coach absolutely uh Andy Reid um bring his own people to kansas city from philadelphia yes he did and if the people if the players in kansas city are unhappy with that training staff that andy brought with them There's no doubt that it should lead back to Andy. So, yeah, of course it should end up leading back to John Harbaugh.
0: It's it's fair. I think that's very fair. Tim Hasselbeck is with us here on GCR. Tim, we saw you the other day on NFL Live. Suggest the Ravens should let Lamar Jackson try to find out what his market is by working under the non-exclusive tag. Of course, the benefit would be it would cost you about $10 million less. If that's the tag he plays on, the problem would be that if he finds a deal that he likes – you would only get two first-round picks in return. It sounds like what you're saying is you don't think that the market is there for Lamar Jackson and he'll get his feelings hurt if he goes and does that.
4: It's... Well, no, I mean, part of it is this, too. Like, not only... You know, Baltimore still would have the chance to match it. Sure. Right? Like that, so, like, that's the other side of it, and I do feel like sometimes like people forget that part of it. It's like, let's say, for example that you know somebody is willing to give him this guaranteed deal fully guaranteed deal that's going to put him in the deshaun watson range of guaranteed money okay well baltimore can then say look like if that team's able to digest that and give up two first rounders well like let's look at it and see if we can digest that as well and maybe they can so I, I just think this, Lamar Jackson is saying, hey, look, I, I mean, look, and, and I think there's obviously some different reporting on this, and, you know, it kind of all depends on, on, I guess, you know, what you want to take at its value. But, like, right. I'm sure there's probably some range where you and I could say, look, it's probably fair to say he's in this range. Kyler Murray received about $190 million guaranteed, right? Deshaun Watson, $230 million guaranteed. And then you're going to have to consider, you know, the length of a contract. So, like, what do we think Lamar would say yes to? Like, is Lamar saying yes to, um, you know, uh, a five-year, $200 million deal fully guaranteed?
0: Is he saying yes to that? Maybe. I mean, like, I, we don't know, but maybe. So, so, listen, you think that's a maybe. Tell
4: me, like, and I look, I... I think he'd be crazy not to take that. But here, here's I what you. I would I say. I hear you. Yeah, especially <laughs> after so, so, the last so, so, two yeah. seasons. Yeah. Yeah. So, so here, here's what I would say about it. Tell me who the team is that is going to give him that contract.
0: So I have, for what it's worth, I have been, I, in the little bit of reporting that I've done, I have been told the Falcons are obsessed with the idea of okay. it and would be willing okay. to pay almost any price because they see the opportunity there, it's you know there's a unique thing with Lamar in that town, it being the place where Michael Vick succeeded so badly, and the division being as bad as it is at the quarterback position. I've just in the bit of reporting I've done, I've been told there's an obsession with the Falcons and the idea of Lamar Jackson.
4: Okay, oh, yeah, and listen, and the, um, and the Atlanta Falcons were in on the Deshaun Watson situation. Right. So absolutely, the Atlanta Falcons may love. Lamar Jackson but as soon as they knew knew what the money was on Deshaun they're out and so you know you got to think back to that time that time Matt Ryan was still an Atlanta Falcon when he like extended his bonus basically they said to Matt Ryan look we're going to go look at um you know pursuing Deshaun Watson you know you're you're gonna you like, will you defer your bonus? He deferred his bonus, and that gave Matt Ryan a chance to go see what else was out there. He found the Colts that were out there and all that stuff. But as soon as Atlanta figured out what it was going to cost, they're like, no, nah, we're not doing that. So I don't know why they would end up doing it for Lamar. Like, and I get it. People are going to compare, like, well, listen, Lamar off-field significantly better than the situation Deshaun Watson off the field like I get that but like you know just even as a player you know you could you could argue that they're somewhat comparable players you know in terms of you know things that they've accomplished in the league and I think you know Lamar is significantly better runner Deshaun is a significantly better passer like I just and and so say they will sign him to that deal would you be okay with the Ravens signing him to that deal?
0: I think this is where Stan and I would split. I would. I don't think that Stan would. I think the two of us would have two yeah. different opinions.
2: I'm just I'm – I have no problem with him getting what he wants to get. I just sort of think the whole thing is clouding up the ability to build a team. You know, so I just think it's become a major, major distraction for them. But, Tim, I wanted I, I, to – Here's, I, I, here's I, what I would say about though.
4: Here's what I'd say about If the goal for Lamar is to get um, – you know, as much guaranteed money as he can. Okay? Right. Then the non-exclusive tag actually helps Lamar cuz he can go find out what somebody else right. is willing to fully guarantee him. Uh, and if the goal for the Ravens is to get Lamar Jackson under contract long term and on a on a market value deal,
2: then this actually helps them as well. Yeah, it helps to figure get get the grayness out of it and make it black or white, whether you can afford them or not. Tim, I wanted to move to a slightly different topic, and that is I can't recall that we've ever had a player of this level of talent play a season with the franchise tag at quarterback. Has it ever happened before? And there seems to be so much assumptiveness that once he were tagged, be it exclusive or non-exclusive, that it's obvious they're going to trade him once he's tagged. Uh, do we have any history at all? It's Dak of Prescott somebody...
0: would be the one,
4: right? Didn't Yeah, didn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dak's, probably the, okay. Dak's probably the best player of the group at the position that I can remember being tagged. Um, so, so I had a question for you. So, here's what I would say about this, though, in the tag and yeah. how everybody looked at tag like it's some awful thing right you know Kirk Cousins played through the tag there was a three year stretch where Kirk Cousins who nobody has ever believed is was (laughs) one of the best play one of the five ten best players in the NFL Kirk Cousins made more money than any other player over a three year stretch in the entire National Football League
2: interesting Dak
4: Prescott playing on the tag had a stretch. And no one's ever thought Dak Prescott is one of the three or five best players in the National Football League. Dak Prescott, more money than any other player over a three-year stretch than, than any other NFL player during that time. The tag is not some horrendous thing. Like, I get right. it. It's not giving you long-term security and all of that. But what it does is when you play on the tag, you make a lot of money in the short term. If they decide to, to tag you again, it's another opportunity they make a lot of money in the short term. So now you've made a massive amount of money. It's prohibitive to tag you a third time, right? And so now you have all the leverage. And so what? What gets me sometimes is, is these players, and I'm all for players making as much money as possible, who think they have all kinds of leverage when the tag is still an option. Like that's the part of it. Like truthfully, if you, if you're Baltimore and you're willing to guarantee
2: him, you know... 43 million, over You know, 43. over
4: 100, or say say, 150 million over five years. Right. What if you tagged him, tagged him again, now you've been on the hook, now you just have him for two years, you know, call it $80 million. Like,
2: Closer to 90, may probably. Now, you yeah. after
4: that, or 90, whatever. Two years, 90 million, sure. But But listen, you're not on the hook for... The other
2: hundred. I, I had one more question about this, and I, I'm not an investigative reporter, or a, you know, I, I don't go out on stories. But the idea of insuring a player, I was wondering: is there anything that would prohibit the Ravens on the one-year exclusive tag where he'd make forty-three, forty-four million dollars for taking out an insurance policy? That would protect him if he were hurt devastatingly.
4: Oh, well, I mean, he can do that for sure. He can.
2: But no, what about the club no doing stuff.
4: it? Yeah, I'm not sure about the club doing it. Um, you know, I don't know what the benefit for the club would be in doing that. To try
1: to get him to show uh, up and, it, it, and it try and, and get his bot more
2: buy in. Yeah.
1: Here, here,
4: here's what's going to happen. Here, here's what's going to happen on this. And, you know, for, you know, in terms of, trying to get him to show up and hold out and not get that it can ruin your, your season and, and all of that stuff. I think, you know, a lot of times we talk about players as if, you know, they've all made the same money. And the reality of it is like, that's not how it works. Everybody's situation is different. And so when guys decide to hold out, when guys decide to do all that stuff, you know, you got to look at their, their scenario. Lamar Jackson has made 30, million playing football. Okay, so it sounds like a lot of money to everybody that's listening, all that. And it is a lot of money, $32.7 million. But it's taken him five seasons to make that. And so, because of the collective bargaining agreement, because of the fine schedule, like, is it good business to be scheduled to make around $40 million in one year and then essentially be a free agent, or have an opportunity to make more than that the next year to not play on it. That's more money in one season than you've made over the last five. So, like, look, I, and here's the thing. I, I think the Ravens would much rather like to have him on a long-term deal than have him play on the tag. Yeah. I just think that they want to make sure that it it's good for the team and for the player. And, listen, all of this is without, like, discussing, like, what you actually – May feel about you know the long term prospects of him as a player, you know, and his health and his development and all of those things. So I, I just think like, look, it, it's hard. And look, Dak Prescott did it. Dak Prescott, you know, stared walking away from life changing money to play on the tag, you know, coming off the of season. I think he had probably made at that point, Man. you know, roughly five to seven million dollars playing.
0: No question. So Eight- I'm
4: not saying guys won't do it. But, like, Dak wasn't going to hold out. I mean, he was going to show up. No. He didn't make any real money yet.
0: No, nope, no doubt. Hey, Tim, I really, we are up against a break. I can't thank yeah. you enough for taking some time for us this morning. I know it's at TT Hasselbeck on Twitter. Really appreciate doing this. We'd love to do this again thank down you, the road. Tim. man. Yeah. See you guys. Tim Hasselbeck, uh, former, briefly former Raven and ESPN analyst, checking in with us this morning with some good insight. By the way, Stan, I did poke around on that idea. Yeah. This is the last time you talked. What I was told from a league source was. I'm not actually sure that it's a rule, uh, but be certain that if they attempted to, they would be told they couldn't, because ownership
2: would
5: be told.
0: And and, and what I was told was that essentially you would create a scenario where you could just always go on a series of one-year deals, and contracts wouldn't matter. Because you could just say, "Well, we're always going to ensure your." Well, the
2: co- that- the 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 difference is the cost of it is not
0: insignificant. On, no, no debate yeah. about that. Yeah. But what I was told was that the league would make sure, even if for some reason it's not written in as a like. What I was at, when I asked yeah, that, that my source, they said even if it's not written as a rule, the league would make sure that the, the, okay. the owners were told you couldn't do that. Okay. So I did do a little bit of work on that this week because it, it did. Okay. You know, I filed it away. I meant to tell you that okay. when I talked about it. Right. I, that was the answer I got. So I can't tell you definitively it's a rule. Just they wouldn't be allowed to is what I was told. What you are allowed to do is sign up at pressboxonline.com slash offers. With DraftKings, bet $5, get $200 worth of free bets right now, pressboxonline.com slash offers. Sam, let's switch gears. Let's head down to Sarasota where this man is ripping the cover off the ball to start spring training he is red hot he is Taron Vavra of your Baltimore Orioles and he's back with us now here on GCR Taron it's Glenn and Stan in Baltimore it's great to catch up with you again man thank you for taking the time for us
6: yeah thanks for having me guys uh, dude what
0: are you, what's in the water down there right now like, <laughs> what's what's going how do we how do we keep this up for the next six months
6: yeah I think uh you know it's been off to a good start uh we got a great group here that uh, a lot of fun to be around and I think just kind of a lot of excitement going into the year this year so um I think that's just been kind of the key um for a lot of us uh, starting out
0: y- y- Taren, you're hitting 545 hang on you're really underselling this <laughs> you're hitting 545 <laughs> are you a, are you a superstitious type is there anything that you've been doing this week that you say like well, i I got to make sure I keep having fruity pebbles for breakfast or something like that <laughs>
6: Uh, no, not quite. I mean, I'm kind of, you kind of realize that in pro ball, you do it every day. There's, um, you know, the superstitions are kind of hard to keep up, especially when you look at, you know, over the course of six, seven, eight months. So, um, no, just been trying to, you know, see the ball, hit the ball and, uh, um, you know, try to, try to get myself on base and, um, yeah, just get back into the swing of things.
2: Taryn, the one thing I can do for you is not get you on my fantasy team. Yeah, it'll help. That I would promise that you, would help you tremendously. Everything <laughs> would be ruined in that moment. Yeah. If hey, that. I'm wondering, I'm wondering, a player of your standing, are you looking around and saying, I don't see a regular spot for me, but I'm versatile enough to eke out, not eke out, uh, carve out. A regular place for yourself but it's playing a lot of different positions is that how you sort of see yourself at this point in your career with this ball club right now
6: yeah I think uh you know we have a ton of guys that um are pretty dang good and uh you know cracking the lineup is is definitely you know tough um so just the more positions I can play the more I can uh just put myself in a situation where I can get in the lineup uh, and, and help out both, you know, not only just offensively, but defensively as well, and be able to play a solid um, defense, wherever position I'm at. I think, um, you know, that's something that, that goes a long way in this game and I think there's a place for that. And, uh, you know, I think it can really help team teams win. So, uh, yeah, I think that is kind of something that I'm learning to try to embrace. Uh, it can be, you know, this time of year when you're trying to learn a bunch of different positions, uh, it can be, you know, a lot, but something I'm, uh, you know, welcome to. And, uh, you know, I like the challenge. I like the the, the idea that, um, you know, I'm doing more so I can continue to help this team win.
2: And just a quick follow up. Is that something that that Brandon and you have discussed? Is he transparent yeah. in his communication with you?
6: Yeah, the coaching staff has been great. Um, they've kind of, you know, spelled it out that, um, you know, I need to show that I can, you know, be able to play anywhere. And, um, you know, it's uh matchups are big in today's game and um, you know, if I can cancel the lineup, whether it's playing third base, second base, outfield, uh, wherever it is, uh, uh, then then you know, it put probably put their team in a, in a good chance to win uh, if the matchup's right.
0: You're probably not gonna be called upon to pitch, uh, because they change the catch. rules. We're catch. Probably We're catch. won't be the option anymore. Taryn Vavra with us here on G C R Hey, Terry, what did it mean to you to be a part of that last season to, to, for your first taste? A lot of guys come up and their first taste of Major League Baseball is meaningless, right? Like they show up and nobody's at the ballpark and, you know, yes, it's the big leagues, but it's not the same. What did that mean for you to be a part of that? And how much did it maybe intensify your desire to be a part of this thing moving forward that clearly is building in Baltimore?
6: Yeah, I think the excitement uh, just in the community um, and even in the locker room um, was just super awesome to, to see. Um, you know, when you're in the minor leagues and you're coming up, there's not always that that level of excitement. Um, you know, you get to play with some good players along the way, um, but ultimately, when you get to this stage and feel that excitement, uh, kind of all you know culminates and um, it's it's pretty cool. So that was something that I'm very grateful. You know, looking back on, and I think uh, you know will be be very helpful in the future.
2: I got two quick questions, and they're not about Taron Vavra. Uh, one is Tyler Nevin. You were traded with him from, from the Rockies to the Orioles. Uh, I guess you're aware of how well he's playing, given an opportunity in Detroit. Uh, he, he went deep yesterday. I know. Yeah. I mean, is he somebody that you've got pretty good faith in, that he's going to make the most of his opportunity in Detroit?
6: Yeah, absolutely. That is, you know, he's his... – the definition of a ball player, he's gonna compete his his rear end off and uh, you know, he's gonna take good at bats and, and play solid defense and, you know, do all the right things. So I I think that now's got a bright future ahead of him and um, you know, unfortunately I'm not playing with him, but uh yeah. I think that, you know, he's gonna go out and do whatever he can to make the most of his new opportunity.
2: And the second question I had for you is I you, uh, I didn't really look at the box score. I know you played yesterday uh, playing behind Grayson Rodriguez. Uh, you're the first player I've really been able to talk to about him. Uh, w- give me a scouting report on him and how good he can be.
6: Uh, I think uh, kind of his ceiling is, you know, through the roof. Um, he's, he's not afraid to challenge guys. I think that's a, the most exciting thing um, to play defense behind him because he doesn't, you know, waste too many pitches. Whether it's you know Miguel Cabrera
5: yesterday,
6: uh, in the minor leagues, he'll 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 challenge guys, and uh, that's really exciting to to be behind. Uh, and yeah, you know, you know he works good, works quick, throws all of his pitches for strikes, and um, you know he's just so talented, and uh, it's it's fun to play behind.
0: I mean, the numbers, the velocity, it's boy, it's we're getting really excited about it here, Taryn, as you can imagine. Another a couple of minutes here with Taryn vaber from the Orioles Taryn um you became a father in the last year. Can you take me through you know how how what you expected has you know what how has reality compared to your expectations and in in a way does it give you a a new view a new new approach to baseball um now as a dad and thinking about who it is that you're playing for
6: yeah, I think uh you know coming home this off season and really getting to kind of to spend time in as you know, a father rather than, you know, a baseball player, uh, you know, for the first couple of weeks or first few weeks of her life, I was away from her and that was, that was pretty challenging. Trying to, you know, understand your role through FaceTime, uh, was, was a little different. So, um, when I got home, you know, that was a big adjustment and, and something that, you know, those opportunities and, and they're here with me now and, um, getting the, Getting to come home and and you know see my wife and my daughter at the end of the day is uh, you know I'm so fortunate for and something that I'll you know be forever grateful for as long as they're you know with with me because I know what it was like uh, you know trying to trying to take on that role uh, you know from across the country so definitely glad to have them here and uh, it definitely makes you appreciate uh, you know your outlook on you know an over four. Uh, <laughs>
2: Hey, Taryn, uh, one of the things I most appreciate about you watching your at-bats is you don't take them lightly. In other words, it's not like uh, just get up there and swing at the first pitch, swing at the second pitch. You really make an attempt every at-bat I see you to work the at-bat to your favor. Can you talk a little bit about where – I know you're a coach's son – where that comes from, the on-base ability – that is part of your game
6: yeah i think ultimately just trying to get the 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 pitch you're looking for um you know it's easy to go up there and kind of get in swing mode um but you really kind of kind of shrinking the plate a little bit and trying to get the the plate the pitch you're looking to drive and um you know accomplish your goal of going up there with um the more you focus on that and help the pitcher come to you rather than you go to them so um, and I think that's just kind of always been the way I've I've looked at it, and I think it's something that, you know, the more pitches you see, the more um, feel you have with that. So something I'm still getting better with, uh, not perfect by any means, uh, but uh, it is something that, you know, I like to build off of. All
0: right, uh, Taryn, I have to know, everybody is freaking out about the new rules this year. Everybody's freaking out about the pitch clock. Everybody's freaking out about the – what has been the reality for you? Like, is it at all any different for you making sure you step in the box? Is is to you the game as different as a lot of people are making it out to be because of the number of new rules this season?
6: Um, I don't think so. I think that, you know, ultimately this is, you know, the best for the game, best for the viewer uh, experience. Um, it does change your, you know, um, your routine in between pitches. You kind of have to be, you know, a little bit more, Uh, conscious of that clock it's it and but once you get kind of used to it i think it just becomes part of your new routine so i think right away that's kind of expected for people to kind of be up in arms a little bit with it and um you know have their opinions but i think ultimately it'll be something that kind of becomes normal and uh you know people learn to appreciate
0: is it easier to learn multiple positions when you're in a post-shift level of baseball and you don't necessarily have to be in like a thousand different spots on the field at all times
6: yeah i think i think it does does matter especially you know playing those corner positions first you have to go into cuts and relays and you know you might be in if you're if the shifts were allowed you might be halfway across the field and be obligated to get to a completely (laughs) different spot so uh, i think it does matter a little bit but ultimately you play the game enough you kind of you kind of learn to see where where everyone is um on the field and and uh you just you know when you're playing that position, you got to do your best to, to, to find that spot.
0: And then my last one for you, Taryn, I'm wondering what the conversations are like. Like, you know, it, I'm sure you imagine back here, back home, there is an awful lot of excitement about what you guys are capable of accomplishing and taking that sort of next step as a team. We talk about it openly. openly, the idea of the Orioles being a playoff team this year. Do you guys have those types of conversations right now, or is that too big picture too far down the road you just got to keep thinking about you know day in day out
6: no i think i mean the reason we're here is to win a world series i think that the reason they brought this group here is um you know to that ultimate goal and uh i think it'd be kind of naive of us not to not to expect that that level of play so um you know there is there is real um you know hopes and, and aspirations to do that um we know that um we're young, and we we got a lot of, like, learning and developing to do, but ultimately we wouldn't be playing this game if we didn't think we could uh, to accomplish that. So that's what we're here to do, and that's kind of the goal each and every day we show at the park is, is win the day and, uh, and put us into a good position to do that. I love that.
0: Love everything about that. All right, Stan's headed down to Sarasota next week. Give him one recommendation. Give him one restaurant he should check out. Give him one something he should do. I know you guys don't get a lot of time to actually like visit town, but give him something for when he heads down next week.
2: It's just not the, right, not Arch. the to, not the topless bars,
3: right? I don't think parents knows <laughs> yeah. those.
6: No, yeah. no. Um, but I, I can tell you our our favorite spot um, between me, um, Ruch Stowers, um, Gunner. I think our favorite spot is a place called Bavaro. So you have to check that out. It's an Italian spot, um, and uh, yeah, we've we, we're frequent visitors there. So.
0: All right. Please tell me that, like you guys, particularly—no offense, but particularly Adley—nobody, nobody nobody's ha- has to pay for a meal down there, right? Like everybody's taking care <laughs> of those, aren't they?
6: Uh, we we take care of each other. All so. right, all we, right. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll take turns. <laughs> okay.
0: Um, uh, Taren, everybody can give him a follow on uh, Twitter at TaronVavra2. What about on Instagram? Are you on there? I think it's yeah. I think it's the same thing. All right, give him a follow in those places, Taryn, Best of luck this season, man. Really appreciate you taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. All right, appreciate you guys. Thank you. Taryn Vaber with us here on GCR. And, of course, as he says, the goal is to win a World Series. If you want to get ahead of that, you can go right now to birdlandsports.com and you can get your 2023 World Series champion T-shirt, which is available right there. You see it. Go to birdlandsports.com. Other great uh, T-shirt designs. Like uh, the birds and the style of the wire font. Which one did you take last week? You took. Um, I took something about uh, something about
2: 1983. Want to party like it's 1983? Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly yeah, right. Yeah, I yeah. dig that one as well. Of course, the uh, the birds are coming t shirt, like Omar and the Hillbilly Hayes. Very popular designs. Uh, for Orioles fans, buy Orioles fans. Birdlandsports.com. dot Check that out today. All right, a uh, lot to do. Appreciate uh, both Tim Hasselbeck that was and great stuff. Taren Vavra joining us. When we come back in, I want to just dip a little bit more into all the conversation from yesterday, and well, you know, sort of sort through more of that. Plus, Brad Jackson is going to join us early in the 11 a.m. hour. That's all on the way. It is a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Stand the fan, Charles, in studio.
7: with the Baltimore County Police Department. Find out more at joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410 887 5542. Must be a United States citizen, have a valid driver's license, and a high school diploma or GED equivalent.
2: The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles phenom Gunnar Henderson, breaking down how he was able to become the top prospect in baseball at such a young age, and what could be next in his first full MLB season. Also inside, we meet lacrosse players from the men's and women's college programs across the state, and Bo Smoka breaks down another year wide receiver issues for the Ravens. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always. Find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at
0: PressBoxOnline.com. Have you experienced hardship due to COVID-19 and want to start a new career path? Look no further than CCBC. Starting in March, CCBC offers short-term career training programs like real estate sales. And the best part, funding is available for those who qualify. Real estate sales is a lucrative career that can provide a stable income and flexibility. With CCBC's real estate sales program, you'll learn everything you need to know to get started in this exciting field. Call us at 443 840 2222 or ccbcmd.edu to learn more. CCBC, real estate sales. Your new career starts now with funding available. 443-840-2222 or ccbcmd.edu.
8: That first sip. That first bite.
2: North Point Boulevard.
8: Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local
9: Toyota dealer today. Check out pressboxonline.com every day to find daily winners and betting advice from Jeremy Kahn. And if you want some advice about life decisions that you probably shouldn't make, here's Glenn Clark.
0: Back in here on GCR. Remember, gambling can be fun, but you should set a limit and stay within it. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 for free confidential services or visit helpmygamblingproblem.org. Stan, uh, only because we just talked about it, I'm going to go a little out of order. Brad Jackson is scheduled to join us in about 10 minutes. Let's take these 10 minutes. I just brought it up with Taryn Vavra. We saw it last weekend, a lot of hullabaloo about the pitch clock and particularly the situation in the Red Sox Braves game where they went ahead and called for the third strike mm-hmm. on because the the batter and I apologize I've already forgotten the name wasn't in the box in time. Right. The opinion that I talked to Steve Johnson about this, I talked to a few people that y- you want it to be a rule and you have to enforce it in order it for be a rule. But you don't really want it to end up affecting a game. You don't really want this to end up becoming something that creates a storyline in a regular season game. I have heard suggestions like maybe you tinker with this and like on the third violation, that's when you end up penalizing them. What do you make of just, all of
2: it? When I was driving in, I was listening to Jim Bowden's on the uh, morning show today with uh, Dan. What's his name? Dan Grassi. Uh, I, I never. He, Dan. Steve, he's sitting in for Steve Phillips. Oh. Uh, Dan mm. Graziano. Oh, or, Dan Graziano. Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. So he's sitting in with him and they they were talking about this and, and Bowden says, look, he goes, the vast majority of players that I talk to and and executives and, and people that just work in front offices are ecstatic about these sure. rules, that they are really going to take off 25 or 30 minutes of sort of dead time in a lot of games. I mean, you're still going to get... Outliers games that last 315, 330. Because guys, you know, you know
0: foul off 12 right. pitches and it's bad. But or so
2: far, we are seeing an uptick offensively from the shift rule. Uh, and and I gotta, I gotta take that in stride because you're also getting a lot of second string, third string pitchers. That's right also now. true, yes. Uh, but but that this thing is not that big a deal to the players, they're gonna get it, they're gonna get it quick. And he say, and he then complimented. He says, "I think the umpires are doing it the way you have to do it. If it's going to be serious, you got to you got to gotta set but, the tone." But do
0: you worry about it becoming like? And it, look, this is extreme, but the scenario is: it's opening day, you got a pack stadium. Adley right. Rutschman's up with the bases loaded and a five-four game in the ninth inning. That's and and- gonna.
2: It's really gonna be on the ball players. I mean, you know, the ball players, the on deck guy, going, "Hey, it's." You're at five, you're at five. I mean, it's going to take some understanding of players of what's going on. And, you know, uh, it's going to be a new day. But I don't think we'll get many of those calls uh, like that.
0: I I think there will also be, once you get into real games, a bit of a, hey, give them a second. So one of the things we found out was that they're going to move the pitch clock out of vision Uh for the broadcast once the regular season starts. And the comparison that was made was, hey, in in the NFL, we regularly have these things pop up where you look and it looks like a play is on zero and a team snaps the ball and they say, well, we give a a second of leniency for the official to notice the clock, and that's the way that it works.
2: I will say that the, the bothersome thing for me is how the mechanism is going to be in place for the pitcher to kind of be able to see it. But not the fans be able to necessarily see it on every single pitch because it feels like now you're not playing baseball, you're playing rush ball, Mm. you know, that everything's rushed. Everything's on a clock. And the beautiful part of baseball, if you go back to Roger Angel's the uh, summer game, was that there is no clock in baseball. Well, now there's clocks on a lot of things.
0: Do you think that if it does alter a big situation, they would be interested in, in changing things a little bit? I, 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 I made the comparison stand at the end of the Super Bowl, but what, what I said was, hey, look, at the end of the Super Bowl, you can be as mad at the... players decided at the end of the Super Bowl. The Chiefs designed a great play to get a receiver open. Mm-hmm. James Bradbury got beat, and he grabbed. Right. Like, you can be mad because you, want it, you don't want it to be a, a flag... But like the players decided it. James Bradbury knew exactly what he was doing in that moment. He was beat and he grabbed hoping he could get away with yeah. it. He didn't. That's the end of the game. This would be different because it would you could say, well, hey, the player decided it by not getting to the box on time, but it's not a baseball play, right? Like it's not an outcome type of play. Yeah, it's a it's a new it's it's new for everybody right now. I mean, you know.
2: I I, I just
0: think I find it I agree that I like the spirit of the rule. That part, I, I think it needs to be a rule, and I think that it is done for good reason. Right. To say we need to make the, the product on right. the whole more palatable for the greater number of people that we can. Baseball fans would tell you I wasn't really all that concerned about it. It was fine for me. Right. But for a dad that wants to take their kids to a game— you know, now you're telling me, hey, if the game starts at six thirty and there's a chance that it could be over in two and a half hours, maybe I could take my kids out to yeah. a game on a Tuesday yeah. night, something yeah. like that.
2: Yeah. I I think you you gotta right from the get go, you gotta especially that's that's the beauty of spring training, is the outcomes, you know, that game was gonna most likely end as a tie anyway. Mm-hmm. And they stopped ties after nine innings, pretty much. You that's know? true. Yeah. That's true. I look I'm not I'm not gonna I I here here's an interesting thing for me. I've been preaching for about 4 or 5 years about the pitch clock, yeah. the uh, electronic umpire. Oh, yeah, you know, robo, that, robo the umpire, umpires, yeah. robo umpire. And how much faster I think that's going to make the game. I wonder if in two years, if that's
0: instituted... That they don't feel the need for the pitch clock any longer? That
2: that they'll say, now we've overfixed fixed things yeah. because games are 150 right. and fans don't, you know, they, it, it's too rushed. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if in three, four years, we aren't sort of easing the pitch clock by saying, hey, this other thing... Because that's been my that's, that's been my take on this is that the uh, robo umpire will speed the games up by fifteen or twenty minutes.
0: And I don't I don't necessarily disagree with that. Although right. you know,
2: I don't have any hard data. I just right. I observe how much it's now. Look this 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 thing now. They may say you know what there is no need for robo umpire because the game is sped up so much but that was never the intention of the robo umpires to speed up games it was just to get the calls right right, Right. which i'm all in favor of
0: yeah i'm certainly in favor of that as well it's
2: not the getting them right it's getting them consistent where hitter and
0: pitcher know what's going to be a strike night in and night out what did you make of the orioles sending adley rutchman on the road with with grayson yesterday what did you make of that
2: um I I didn't even pay attention. It was a road game. It's clear that they want their best catcher to, to get used to catching him again. They have a relationship already, but I think they feel, hey, this is such an important relationship that we want it to go the right way.
0: Okay, and that's the sense that I yeah. got as well. Yeah. I, I thought it was kind of, I, I don't know, in a way. Where did lo- they
2: play yesterday?
0: In Lakeland? In, yes, correct, yeah. in Lakeland where yeah, the it's time It's not is. a
2: short little, you know, it's probably no, they, an hour and 20 typically,
0: minutes. Typically, you would think that they, normally, they, for those that don't know, the way that it works in spring training is your guys that are your guys, you don't feel the need to send them on right. the road. You send a B squad on the road. And you, you send, might include one Maybe, One regular, right, yeah, maybe. Or two regulars, but Something not like six that. or seven. Typically, but. you send a beast. The fact that it was specifically Adley Rutschman right. that they sent on the road with Grayson Rodriguez pitching to me was a statement about we. Th- Grayson Rodriguez is so important to us, is such an important part of this puzzle that we're not even going to mess he around. More
2: important than Lamar Jackson is to the Ravens. No, oh boy, you're really. This is a guy. <laughs> <God.
0: laughs> I don't think so, but, <laughs> I think so but you know, like, you, could, you could make an argument there's a comparability to if this is going to work that you need to have this person. I don't, I don't know. Um, but he's so important to us, and we know how important he is, that even on the second day of March, we're not going to mess around with Grayson Rodriguez working with another catcher. Right. We, it's so important to us, and really it came off like it's so important to us that he be ready now. Yeah that he's got to be ready to go for when yeah, he's on the, a mound. The,
2: the idea, the game plan, is to have him start at the big league level. Correct. Uh, you know, no question
0: about and, it. And we think it's critical to our success this season that Grayson Rodriguez be ready to go, that there's not a easing in process, that he is ready when we get to that date. And so, I, you know, that felt... Do we have a minute or... or have, I can give you two minutes in fact. Okay. Yeah. Uh,
2: just one thing, you know, because I'm working on my baseball power rankings. Yes. The Dodgers, it's really interesting. I intuitively, because they didn't sign Turner, Justin Turner, or Trey Turner. You were kind of
0: down on Gavin Lux, right? I was down
2: on his ability to play shortstop every day in the major leagues. But now I just heard today, I I know he's out for the season now, but they said, well, you know, Miguel Rojas is not going to play for Team Venezuela. He's decided to stay back with the Dodgers because he's going to be the everyday shortstop. And they said they got this guy. So they got a rookie at second base, Mm -hmm. Miguel Vargas, who's supposed to be a pretty good, real good player. But they had a guy that I don't think really was a shortstop at short. Now they got a guy who can't hit at short. But you know who's playing third base instead of old reliable Justin Turner? Max Muncie is going to play third third base. base. Really? And I don't see him. I see that being fraught. So suddenly you got an infield. Right. Two rookies. Of uh, two Uh, rookies. A a first baseman playing third base. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, that's.
0: I don't think that sounds palatable at all what did you think of since the last time we talked uh Manny Machado got his contract from the Padres what did you think good. about how that all played good, out good for
2: him and uh clearly any of us that were sort of critical of him bringing it up right away uh he he handled <laughs> he handled his business I wish we
0: could get the Lamar Jackson signing yeah, Right, would <laughs> be nice wouldn't it yeah. got it would be nice yeah. He's won a deal okay here's the deal yeah. great obviously it's yeah. not a the salary cap, of course, uh, being the yeah. you know the issue. All kinds of differences. Correct, but, makes a huge difference but, there.
2: Look, uh, Peter Seidler, uh, the owner of the you know the main guy uh, as spokesperson and owner of the Padres, wanted to get that deal done, and uh,
0: he said so, and they went out and got it done. Done deal. And and uh, look, it's it's got to be an exciting time to be a Padres fan. Will it guarantee that they win a World Series? Nope. Nope. No. not at all just not the way the baseball works but, but they've got a manager that makes it a a better possibility you and i share an affinity for the man you yeah. and i share a strong really strong affinity uh, i had a little bit of time with him in arizona and was impressed overwhelmed yeah. by by how remarkable i found bob melvin to be yeah. i think the world of bob melvin and i do agree with you i think that makes a significant difference for yeah. the padres chances going into this year All right, right, winding down our number one of today's show. Don't forget, if you haven't picked up the print issue of PressBox yet, go get it right now. Gunnar Henderson's on the cover. Great story from Luke Jackson about his meteoric rise. A lot of uh, local lacrosse content in there meeting players from around the state. It's available for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox, and you can read it all at PressBoxOnline.com. Stan, I've known this man. I mean, I think we have both known this man for a I've very known, long time. I've known him a long time. Very long time. I don't, did not. Don't like him much oh at all, man. You yeah. should. I've got some. I actually have some stories about this guy. <laughs> um, I didn't know he had a new job. I did not know that he was working as a scout with the Senior Bowl now, which is really cool. He is a world. I said World Series, Super Bowl champion, of course. Former Baltimore Ravens linebacker. He is our friend B-Jack, Mr. Brad Jackson, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Brad, it's Glenn Clark, Stan the Fan, Charles. Great to catch up with you, brother. Thank you for taking the time.
1: Uh, no problem. Thanks for having me. Good to, hear, good to hear from you both, and glad you guys are still doing well.
0: Hey, man. Great to hear your voice. Good to voice. hear your voice, Brad. Dude, I, when did so when did you get hooked up with this? I had no idea that you were doing this, man. Give me the background.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I like to stay below the radar, so uh, every year... Uh, since I retired, going back to 06, my first year with uh, Coach Tony Dungy was uh, in the Colts, the Super Bowl year. I had done an internship during the summer. Um, and so I've done it throughout. In 06, I was uh, with Coach Dungy. They won, uh, they won the Super Bowl. Seven, I was with uh, Jack Rio. 08, I actually did Coach Harbaugh here in Baltimore his first year. 09, I had been with the Jets and Big Daddy Rex Ryan. Uh, 10, I had did Mike Smith down in Atlanta. They're 13 and three year. I think it was, and they lost two in the second round to the, to the Packers that year. Uh, and then 11, I did uncle Hugh out in Oakland 12. I was in the hospital with blood clots and almost died. So I I missed that year. Uh, 2013, I had did, uh, coach John Fox, who I played for in Carolina when I left Baltimore and Jack Del Rio was my defensive coordinator. So that was like, uh, So I had did that in 13, uh, 14. I had did Marvin out in Cincinnati, uh, took 15 off and did 16, uh, also with Marvin. And then, um, 17, my, my baby girl, you guys know played softball. softball, So she played international for Puerto Rico. And then 18 was her senior year. So, uh, I kind of took off junior senior year high school because that was like his last year of summer ball before he went to, uh, go play baseball, and, uh, and then um, Aries, my baby girl, her senior year. So I didn't miss any of that stuff. Uh, and then moved them into college on those two years that I took off. And then uh, 19, I kind of like I did some scouting stuff. And then 20 was COVID. Uh, and then kind of I, I ended up meeting Jim Nagy, who was the executive director. So for the listeners who don't know, Jim. Has six Super Bowls. Uh, he was a part of New England guy, worked with Phil Savage, who obviously you guys know very well from being here. Sure. And then uh, Phil was, uh, um, and then Jim, who now runs the Senior Bowl, started a program uh, actually a couple, I think it was 2020, 2021. Uh, and it was for former players, not necessarily minorities. So it was former players. So actually, other former Raven, Adam, and, Adam Terry and I, we went to what he does in June called Scout School down in Mobile, Alabama, at the Senior Bowl headquarters. And basically it takes former players through the whole process because a lot of times, and even this was my experience, a lot of former players don't really get on to the scouting side. I know we know Ozzy Newsom did, but, mm-hmm. you know, people don't know that Ozzie was actually a coach. Stan probably knows this because he's older than both of us. But Ozzie was actually a coach and a scout at first when he started with the the then Browns, who are obviously are now Ravens. Yep. Uh, And then he kind of did both and transitioned over to, because Mr. Modell, got rest his soul, thought that Ozzy had more uh, impact on being able to look at the guys that they draft, and that's when obviously Phil Savage and all those guys came over um, from Cleveland. And so uh, it was just a great process. And then so it's, you know, with uh, my youngest finally graduating from Georgia Tech her softball career and is over. I was like, well, you know, I, I have nothing to do with my time. I sold a couple of companies that I had started. So, uh, God has it, it blessed me tremendously. And so then, uh, last year, I, the last two years, I kind of helped out with, uh, scouting linebackers. And then the more you learn and grow, cause obviously that was the position I'm most comfortable with. And, and then this year, uh, you know, I was the Northeast area guy, and uh, so they were like, "What do you think about having a Northeast?" And I was like, "I don't really know." Uh, and it's obviously guys that are on the watch list um, that Jim confers with teams because obviously he had four Super Bowls in New England, uh, and then he had two Super Bowls in Seattle after Jim went there. And then what happened with his situation was his family, his wife, who is actually from Mobile, uh, was like she was tired of him being on the road on a time and Phil savage as you guys know was transitioning back into the nfl as special consultant with our own joe douglas who's the general manager uh with the new york Jets. so with phil you know transitioning back into the league it was a great opportunity and so it kind of worked out that jim and his wife's family being from mobile he was able to come back and bring on the expertise and and do those things And, and jim 100% will be back in NFL. It's just, uh, I mean, hes I know he's had interviews out there before for high-ranking positions. So it was a great opportunity for me to kind of, you know, with the extra time that I have on my hands uh, now to kind of take what I've done with the coaching and the scouting. And so with all those internships tied together, I've always been connected, as you guys know from our years of talking. And me doing media, it helped me be, better in the media because I'm, I'm on the ground. You know, I'm, I'm doing all the things. I'm doing all these internships. I'm in behind them. I'm coaching linebackers. And, you know, when I was at all these places, I would also go spend time in the scouting department because I had nothing else to do but kind of pick the brains and learn from people. So, you know, a lot of times people say, you know, I'm mid-40s, you know, now, so maybe a little bit late to the game. But uh, that's how I got started in this. And so, uh, you know, helped out the senior bowl. And then there's some guys you know, um, that I found here in the Northeast, a couple kids out of Shepherd University. Uh, yes. Division two Shepherd. They have a quarterback, Tyson Badgett, who is going to get drafted. And, and an offensive lineman, uh, Joey Fisher, that I was out there seeing watching Tyson in September. And I saw this lineman. So I text Jim, now that this dude looks like the mountain from game of Thrones. And so he's the right tackle, but he'll be a guard in the league. And, and so, Lord willing, you know, Joey gets drafted as well. It'd be a great story. Obviously, Shepard University and Coach, you know, McCock has done a great job out there at the Division II school. And then I have a wide receiver at Princeton, Andre Yeah, uh, that, you know, kind of people are like, ah, he's a Princeton kid. But, you know, he's yeah. 6'2", 217 pounds, and he's he's going to run a 4'3 here uh, out in Indy the next couple of days. Hey. Uh, you know, NCAA track guy. so. Yeah. And there's a bunch of guys, so I had University of Maryland. So we got, you know, there's obviously a, a ton of talent there. Uh, and then ultimately, through that, a couple NFL teams, uh, which I can't name, but none being our hometown Ravens, uh, had asked me to kind of consult and, you know, if I saw certain things. So it's kind of transitioned to be a, a fun little thing to do now that you know I've I've gotten out of business world. I still have a couple business interests, but. Uh, you know, and having a free time, and no more kids doing sports. So, Brad, let me. Here I am. You know, Jack the the scout. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I love it.
2: Let me just jump in. Is Jim Nagy, by the way, is he is he related to Matt Nagy?
1: No, he is not. A lot of people get that. I okay, mean, it's pretty funny. We we always thought the same thing, but uh, no. As as of what we've been told, and, right. and my own talking with Jim, you know, he is not related to okay. Matt.
2: Now, my other question is, so is the game plan, is this just something fun for you to do now, or are you really looking at trying to be a scout with a team?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's nothing fun to do. There, there's work involved. I mean, I I probably went to probably 11, 12 weekends. I was at a game. Yeah. Uh, I went to some schools, obviously, the Towson, uh you know I had to go watch practice because you just don't have time to go through all those games uh-huh. uh, you know there's a couple of players that you know at Bowie and Howard um so you know it, it, it's not I mean it, it's it's good because you have your own freedom so um you know that's the that's the part right now you have your freedom you still have I still have the ability to to do things that I want to do and travel around and go see all my kids which I do all the time like throughout the week and stuff and then Um, you know, kind of tied up where, you know, I had to do some cross uh, scouting. So, you know, I had Ohio State and Penn State. Penn State was one of my schools, but I was able to go to the Ohio State-Penn State game uh, to do a cross on Ohio State kids, you know, just to get another set of eyes on those guys. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's fun, but it is work. And so, it's you know, I wouldn't say it's just something fun to do, uh, you know, I've always had a keen eye for, and, you know, from what coaches and people in the business have said, and, you know, I've had conversations with Ozzy in the past, you know, Bill Polin, when I had helped out at Indianapolis, I called him and was like, you know, this guy's got major talent, but at that time it was more important for me to be a father mm-hmm. and raise my kids and be home every day. Because unfortunately, if you're on the college side of scouting, you know, you're on the road 200 days a year, 150 to 200 days a year if you're on the pro side and then you're in the building when the lights are on it, you're in the building. So it's kind of like, you know, you're there as long as all the coaches are there. And we all know coaches spend a tremendous amount of time away from their families. And, you know, that's always was an interest, but also like looking at these new knuckleheads nowadays and, and uh, you know, how, you know, this, this and I've said this before on, on television radio and I've probably talked to probably you guys that, The NFL has transitioned, in my opinion, away from the league of achievement and accomplishment to entitlement. So right now you see the players that feel they're entitled to, you know, paydays. They're entitled to all of these things that haven't been earned. And so, you know, talking with current coaches out, you know, out in Indianapolis here I have, I mean, there's just, you know, there is that feel. And then it's trickled down to the collegiate level because now college coaches, because of the whole NILs, and I firmly think players should get paid, but the NCAA has completely dropped the ball on that. That's another discussion for another show with you guys.
0: We could do another six but, you hours know, on that. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah that, the whole NIL has now trickled down, and it, it's made it not fun for college coaches um, because more it's more transactional now. And then, of course, you can spend all this time recruiting a kid and the kid comes and the kid's not happy. Because like I tell my own kids when I talk to young high school kids now that, you know, they're they're the Amazon generation. They they want to order it today and get it tomorrow. They don't understand that there is a process. You may have to sit for one or two years and get better, get stronger and do all these things to learn the game. And, you know, first if they wanna come in and get it right now because social media has hyped up their heads and, and you see a lot of that that that's transition to the pro side where You know, guys are just – they're more worried about themselves and their brand, which is fine, than the success of the team. And, and unfortunately, you know, that that is causing uh, a little bit of a rift, as you see, between, uh, you know, this new generation of guys and and the teams and the players that are still team-related. It's the reason why they're the ones, you know, playing at the end of the season and, and hoisting Lombardi trophies.
0: Brad Jackson, former Ravens linebacker, now he's scout for the Senior Bowl. He's with us here on GCR. All right, Brad, so uh, you know, the Ravens need wide receivers again. Like, uh, <laughs> who would have thought? We've never had that conversation with you and I before. That's it's a new thing. So, so give me right. a couple of names. Tell me who it is that that you were watching that you guys maybe had down there in Mobile. Give me give me somebody. We're we're, we're desperate again, Brad. <laughs>
1: I mean, I mean, I think that, you know, wide receiver, like, is one of the needs, but I think there are some other needs. But, I mean, you know, you, you can talk about, you know, there's the Ronnie Bell we had down in Mobile from Michigan, uh, some of the big names. Like I said, my, the kid Andre Yosivas I, I really love, you know, from Princeton, 6'2", 217. He's, you know, NCAA Hittacicon champion uh, twice. That means Jeez. he's running away from dudes with Arkansas, Florida, Tennessee on their on their jerseys, you know. Uh, he had the fastest sixty uh, meter indoor last year in the nation, and he's at Princeton. And so um, he's another interesting, super smart guy from Hawaii. Uh, and, and but there's a, there's a number of guys that just which direction do the Ravens go? Do they look to try to get Elijah? you know, uh Higgins from Stanford who can kind of be what Darren Waller, we hoped he would be, you know, you know, prior to his off the field struggles that he's now corrected to be a phenomenal player yeah. out with the Raiders in Vegas. Um, but there there are a number of wide receivers. I mean, they're there they are a ton. Jaden Reed, obviously. So the Trey Palmer's from Nebraska, I was you know, I'm we I know we drafted Chris Moore several years back. I'm partisan to my Bearcats. But uh Trey Tucker is is a kid that can help out on special teams, you know, as a kick returner and he he may run low four threes out of the combine. So if the Ravens wanna go little and fast, I mean there there's a ton of guys that they can go. Do they want to go big and and it's just a matter of where they try to fit in. I saw the whole back and forth yesterday, obviously it was the big news out here in Indianapolis with uh with Rashad Bateman and mm-hmm. going at going at Eric DaCosta mm-hmm. and
5: it's
1: you know it's, it's it's just kind of funny and it's it's funny I was talking with someone from another team and they were like man there's a lot of noise with the Ravens this off season. we never usually hear this much noise you know like publicly you know we have Lamar's contract situation and then you know, obviously, you know, he had to change the coordinators and then they fired a strength coach. And then the the, the grades come out from the National Football League Players Association uh, where the Ravens were kind of middle of the road. And I think that shocked some people, you know, as well. Like, and then, you know, they got five draft picks. You have a first, a third, a fourth, a fifth, and a sixth. Uh, Will the Ravens do something and try to accumulate more draft picks? We know Eric has been able to do that in the past, which could potentially help them. Uh, if someone is not sitting there at 22 or maybe they try to move up. So uh, it's just a matter of trying to get Lamar's contract because like Eric said, Lamar co- Lamar's contract kind of dictates how they're going to be able to go in free agency. Yep. Um, and so we'll know that here on March 7th, uh, you know, when it's time for them to franchise people. And so that could hinder the Ravens and what they want to do for agency as far as bring a wide receivers. So, you know, the fact that, you know, Bateman took it, you know, way out to left field, when, when in my opinion, I saw Eric saying that in the 27, 28 years as a franchise, we have done bad. I mean, that has probably been the Achilles' heel for all the great players that Ozzy and, and EDC have brought in here. The wide receiver position, we've never had a wide receiver that has made it to their second contract with us. You know, that's unfortunate, you know, Torrey Smith was probably They're one of the better in. ones as a second round pick, but you know, obviously his value was not what the Ravens thought. And obviously that was a smart move because for all that we, Torrey did and you know, all the great things that he's continued to do post his career, you know, kind of like that contract that he got with San Francisco, you know, it was kind of like, you know, the Ravens were smart and not to put that money out there because the production wasn't there. And that's an unfortunate side of it. And I've been on that side as a player and now being on this side of it. Uh, so, you know, they have had they don't have an all-pro wide receiver. So, you know, Bateman kind of took it, you know, and gotten his feelings about it, which he apologized for. Uh, but I thought it was Eric owning it up and saying we, we're going to keep yeah. swinging, but we have not, for whatever reason, hit on a wide receiver when we've hit on linebackers and we've hit on O-linemen and we've hit on safeties and we've hit on corners and we've hit on linebackers obviously we've hit on defensive linemen you know what Halody and Suggs and the list goes on and on obviously 52 the greatest to ever do it and the Sharpers and the Bullwares and the you know Chris McAllister's and the Dwayne Starks and the Jimmy Smith's and the you know uh you know it looks like Kyle Hampson is going to be a great one but let's not crown him yet but we have Ed Reed and we had Kim Herring, so these were, you know, all the guys that were homegrown safety that were drafted that were very good players, and, and that list goes all the way back. So in the offensive line, I mean, you could name it, the Yondas and, you know, the Jeff Mitchells, you know, back to the early eras and obviously Jonathan Ogden and, you know, so, you know, running backs, Jamal Lewis. So we printed Joe Flacco won a championship here. You know, probably some of the other quarterbacks were, you know, they missed on, but Joe Flacco was – a great player and won a Super Bowl. So you can't discount that. But the one position that the Ravens have never I mean tied in. Let's not forget tied in with deep and and obviously Mark Andrews is a phenomenal player. So, you know, like Don't leave Dennis Pitta it,
2: out. Don't leave Dennis Pitta out.
1: Yeah, that's what I was just about I was I was saying D P but in my mind, uh Dennis Pitta. But that's what I'm saying. So when you look at every position the Ravens have always had a Pro Bowl player, an All-Pro player, and even some guys that are wearing gold jackets and in a Ring of Honor, you know, they've, we've never had one for whatever reason. I guess that's the curse of the football gods. Up to this point, there hasn't been a wide receiver, and we've drafted a ton first round. I mean, yep. we all know that. We've we drafted a ton top four rounds. Like, those are guys that you expect to transition, you know, when you have, even though he's a nutcase, Antonio Brown, who's a fifth, sixth-round pick. You know, a lot of these teams, you know, Pittsburgh, they probably hit on Pickens, you know, the second round pick from Georgia, which I really thought and hoped the Ravens had drafted last year. Um, And so you're looking at all these other wide receivers at other places that teams have hit on that have not even been like the first or second rounder. That may have been the third, fourth, fifth rounder. Uh, And so that's one of the things that I thought Eric was saying. Openly and honestly, is that they've got to try to fix, and they're just going to keep hammering at it till they figure it out. And and so it wasn't a slight on the wide receiver core, right? Unfortunately, I guess Bateman took it at that. But that's this day and age where a lot of these players get in their feelings if they feel like they're you know they're attacked. And but at the end of the day, you know you have to be on the field and be productive. And I and I think I like Bateman coming out. Um, I think he's a good player, but. You've been on the field for eleven games, young fella. Like you know, yeah. you gotta kind of hey, pump your brakes here, and, hey Brad, and be and be productive.
2: Hey, Brad, we we're coming up on a break. I got one last question for you. You mentioned uh-huh. you've mentioned the University of Maryland. How good is the talent base that Loxley is starting to have down there?
6: It's
1: phenomenal. I mean, Jalen Duncan, the, the, the left tackle is probably going to go first, second round. Ja'Cory and Bennett, a corner. I mean, they, they they have another corner that probably may go first round as well. The wide receivers, Demas, Copeland, and Jared are phenomenal. I mean, they he's done an excellent job of accumulating talent. Now the only thing they have to do is figure out how to make that talent work for them to win games and do better in the Big Ten. I yeah. mean, that's the thing. You see all this talent. You're like, where are the wins? Where are the big bowl games but coach lockley has done an excellent job accumulating talent and and i didn't expect it to be any less than that now they just have to figure out a way of of turning that into them being uh, a real force in in the big 10 uh and winning football games on saturdays in the fall
0: well we look forward to there being much more of that man uh, i've realized it's been a while dude we need to do this again more often man that guy once we get you going (laughs) We could do this literally for six hours. Uh, I know you've kind of abandoned Twitter at this point, right? Like, you're pretty much off of it now, right?
1: Yeah, well, I got shadow banned for liking the tweet, uh, you know, from, like, a couple years ago okay. when, the, uh, when, when the first act uh, was put in place, and I thought it was a good thing with criminal justice reform, and I guess the Twitter police didn't like it, and then they took, they took that account. So I still have my account. It's the real and true B-Jack 50. Uh, but I do not do as much on it. I, I was just a big softball dad and girl dad, yeah, so if it's not uh, with that, and then it's some football stuff. But most importantly, I mean, I, I just don't have time for all I get, the social oh, media I, now, so. bro. I
0: get that. I'm I'm jealous. If I'm being <laughs> honest with <laughs> yeah. you. And honestly, I loved watching like watching you being out with your daughter, bro, is one of my favorite things to do. Now I don't. You're not gonna believe this, but I got two boys now, um, which is a weird world for me. Uh, and it was it was awesome. It was awesome to see how like you just sort of became full time softball dad. Man, it was so cool the way that you were uh, oh, yeah. were doing that. Brad, love it. Love
1: you. it. I still love it. I appreciate you guys having me, man. God bless. I know I see you guys in the streets when I'm back in Baltimore. No
0: question. No They're Out of question. trouble. All right, Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Brad. We'll talk soon. Brad Jackson. I I forgot. I totally forgot. What you get Brad going? You oh. get him going. I. It's on me. I completely forgot. You just get him going. He goes. He goes. I did a show he's with Brad. like the Energizer bunny. I did a show with Brad one season, and somebody would say, what happens if the guest doesn't show up? And we would always <laughs> joke, like, that's not going to be a problem. <laughs> it's not Brad just going to. We're good. We got it. Uh, love Brad. That's cool that he's got the the new gig with the Senior Bowl. It's, uh, it's an awesome step for him in his <clears throat> career. All right, uh, I do want to get back into the Ravens stuff from yesterday. I got an interesting question um, from, from Dave, and I want to dive into this next, Stan. Dave says, Glenn, while I don't think this leads to John Harbaugh getting fired, I do wonder if what we learned this week is the reputation that we have always believed the Ravens to have as a franchise isn't the case any longer. And it's, let's just talk about that when we come back in, all right? That'll be the next topic that we discuss. Stan the Fan Charles is here. It is a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio.
10: Have you experienced hardship
0: due to COVID-19? CCBC is here to help. With funding available for short-term career programs, you can get back on your feet in no time. Starting this March, become a certified apartment maintenance technician to secure your future. CCBC's program offers hands-on training and prepares you for a rewarding career in the growing field of property management. Don't wait any longer. Call 443-840-2222 or online at ccbc md.edu for more details ccbc apartment maintenance technician your new career starts now with funding available 443-840-2222 or ccbcmd.edu The latest edition of Press
2: Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles phenom Gunnar Henderson, breaking down how he was able to become the top prospect in baseball at such a young age, and what could be next in his first full MLB season. Also inside, we meet lacrosse players from the men's and women's college programs across the state, and Bo Smoka breaks down another year wide receiver issues for the Ravens. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always
7: for life with the Baltimore County Police Department. Find out more at joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410-887-5542. Must be a United States citizen, have a valid driver's license and a
9: high school diploma or GED equivalent. If you miss anything on the show, don't forget that you can watch full episodes at youtube.com/pressbox online and you can download podcasts on Apple, iTunes, Amazon and Grinder. Wait, did I say Grinder? I don't think that you would find it on Grinder. Not that I know it's on Grinder or anything. I swear. Second thought, you know what? I don't care what you think. Here's Glenn.
0: Baseball betting is here. Bet as little as $20 with Caesars and get a $100 instant bonus bet credit along with other great incentives and promos when you sign up at pressboxonline.com slash offers. Baseball futures bets, season specials, and player award bets are already live in Maryland. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers right now for your shot at winning big. Stan the Fan Charles is here on a Friday edition of the program. Stan, that's the question from Dave, and it's something that I feel like has been percolating in the last 24 hours. This is not going to be, again, John Harbaugh's not getting fired. The Ravens aren't going to suddenly walk in and say, ah, everything is a disaster. Let's rip it all up. But do you think that this was a serious hit for the reputation of the organization what's come out over the course of the last 48 hours?
2: I just think the totality of how they finished again, the the dragging on of the Lamar situation and now this situation with the, uh, the criticism of Steve Saunders. And by the way, I totally agree that that's really... Got to be a byproduct of the coach, you know the the way, the way the trust me the strength and conditioning coach doesn't he's not going rogue.
5: He's not going rogue on
2: NFL players without the coach's agreement on it, you know. And as I alluded to, and I'm not making light of the death of of the player at the University of Maryland, but that was sort of the mindset that DJ Durkin had Mm -hmm. was I wanted a strong boy. As my strength and conditioning, Jordan McNair, of course, passing away a couple years ago. So uh, I would say that that the reputation they've been they've been
0: probably knocked back to reality. You know, okay, that's an interesting way of looking at it. I had a couple, you know, you know, our friend Ken Zalis has always been strongly anti John Harbaugh. He's been very opposed to like the power that John Harbaugh has sort of taken on within the organization. And and you wonder if this provides the opportunity for the rest of the organization and again. When we say those words, the problem is it's very new team president Sashi Brown, mm-hmm. someone who hasn't been here for a very long time. So he I hasn't don't, flexed. He has, any muscle I don't know, yet. and I don't know yet that Sashi Brown is in a position where he'd be comfortable to feel like he could flex muscle in right. that role. I would think that's the closest thing to representing Steve Bisciotti outside of it being Steve Bisciotti. So when I say this thing, it really does to me come down to one thing: is Steve Bishotti willing to step in? who has always been the type to say, I let my people do their things, but makes what I feel is good ownership is getting out of the way, letting them make their decisions. Is it the moment where Steve Bishotti sits down and says, look, man, you're going to be here. You're my guy. You know that. But I've got to listen to these guys. I've got to hear what it is they're saying. And I've got to make sure we're, we're not running the risk of you continuing to just do the exact same things with a different guy as your strength coach moving forward.
2: You know, the, the Steve Bashati I used to know, uh, his, his mantra was sort of uh, – ex- I forget the, the exact one word. Was it accelerate or speed up the inevitable?
5: Mm.
2: And to me, this is, this is to me, starting to feel inevitable at some point that Hardball is going to go. And and that they're not speeding up the inevitable. They're sort of dragging it he's out. He's chosen. He's chosen to ride it out. And it's interesting that in a in a prior incarnation, Steve Bashati seemed like the type of owner that would have come in and fixed this Lamar situation because he's the right. one guy that can do it. Right. But he's just hands off, letting my people run the show. And I don't know that that's.
0: That's helped the team, uh, the team and its reputation. I guess the question becomes, what is the identity of the Baltimore Ravens at this point, right? Like, if if you're not certain that Lamar Jackson is going to be your quarterback, if, if... There's just tremendous
2: uncertainty right now within the organization. I,
0: I remember having this feeling, Stan, the day after Ray Lewis announced his retirement. I remember... You know, because we're just doing four hours in the afternoon at that point, and so you had to come up with things for four hours. I remember deciding that next day I was going to say, and this is before, of course, the Ravens ended up winning that Super Bowl, Mm -hmm. right? What is post-Ray Lewis? What are the Baltimore Ravens? Because we had elevated them as an organization to be a model organization, a picture of stability, all of these things. But my question was, but did we really do that because they had an exceptional, world-changing Hall of Fame player and leader within the organization and post Ray Lewis, do we know that that's what the Baltimore Ravens are or that they were more of a reflection of, Hey, when you have this type of central figure here, it kind of lifts everything else up in the process for a few years, there was a bit of a dip, right? Like there was a bit of a, not that they were doing things terribly or poorly, but the Ray Rice thing was clearly a bad look for the Baltimore Ravens. And, and they just weren't winning football games. And Lamar Jackson kind of provided them a new identity, right? They, yep. were, they were the exciting team because Lamar Jackson was there. If at this point you said to me, who are the Baltimore Ravens, I still think they're in a much better position than, again, the worst teams in foot, the, the, sure. the commanders, the cardinals, the, you, know, you name it. I don't know that they're in a better position than the Jaguars, but the Jaguars have their well, quarterback. Well, we don't have rats. There is that, and I do appreciate that, but I think most people like the head coach and quarterback situation that they have in Jacksonville yeah, at the I, moment. I like that and, and think that's a pretty good combination to move forward with and feel very strongly about your chances of doing something with moving forward. in Baltimore, yeah. I, I don't know. It
2: kind of feels it kind of feels like the and I don't want to get into a Gary Williams thing. Because I think you know the history of my relationship mm-hmm. with Gary. I've I've grown to respect what he accomplished a lot more in in talking to him since his retirement. But it kind of feels like the years after he won the championship, they just sort of there was a malaise. There was nothing driving them in, anymore. In, yeah, and I, I, with just, with the
0: exception of the gravest, like the gravest years the gravest mattered, years, yeah, right? And yeah. it felt like there was something going there. And if they don't get buzzer beatered by Corey Lucius against Michigan State. Who knows what that team does, right? right? Like, I I understand exactly what you're – well, I guess there's two things, except for winning the ACC tournament, no four, because that was a big deal. But that was a flash in the pan. That was the Gilchrist year. It was the Gilchrist year. Remember, they were a sixth seed, and they weren't even that good. They just happened to, you know, win three games in three days and and win a tournament in the process. Um, And then the Graves-Vasquez years, yes, but for the most part, they were nondescript. They were – that's kind of, how I
2: feel the Ravens are right now. They're kind of
0: nondescript to me. I feel like internally, and again, this I, I mentioned this on Twitter yesterday, internally there's a lot of angst. There was a lot of angst from the players about the Steve Saunders thing, but I, the more the guys that I talked to, they were like, we feel like we're going to be okay. Like We we know what we need to do as players. Yes, it's annoying. We don't like dealing right. with it, but we think we're going to be okay outside of the guys that blamed him for their injuries. Mm-hmm. There is a lot more angst internally about the Lamar situation amongst players than I think players ever- on the team. Yes. Yeah, that they want it cl- cleared up Correct. in favor of Lamar. Correct. They yeah. and it's funny because somebody, you know, people will say, well isn't it better for the other players if one player is not soaking up that much of the cap? Doesn't right. it mean they can get more money? Well, they see it as we're not going to be as good. And when your team isn't as good, you don't look as valuable in the process. Brad Jackson is a great example of this. When the the Baltimore Ravens won the Super Bowl in 2000, every player on that defense suddenly became drastically attractive targets. Every single one of them was in demand to the point of it being the backup linebackers that were really special teams guys. Every (laughs) single one of them ended up making money because of it, because – Everybody looks at the teams that are good and says, we want a piece of that. We want those guys. That's the guys, you know, hell, the, after the Ravens won the Super Bowl in 2012, Paul Kruger cashed in on it. Guys that weren't exceptional football players, but that were part of a Super Bowl championship team, turned around and cashed in on being a part of a Super Bowl championship team. The players feel as though they are in a better position when they have a quarterback. And I felt that angst. hmm to, to a man in conversations that I had with them, like, they want to know the answer to the Lamar Jackson question because they don't want to go through this thing sort of taking a dip. And I think that that does hang over the organization as a whole. I don't know how much fun it is right now to be over there with this many questions sort of lingering over you as a franchise. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I guess there's worse problems to have. Again, they don't have rats. They got that going for them, which is nice. And they're not charging their players for yeah, food. Yes, so they're not charging for food, so that happens. Uh, we brought up Maryland basketball. Obviously, that was disappointing on Wednesday night. Does, yeah. does this start to linger with you at all? In as, as exciting as this year has been, as much as I think every single one of us is on board with you know, Kevin Willard and what he's done and this, does the road thing – linger with you like in a way that next year you're going to be thinking about it
2: no it's not sticking with me at all because i again i um i watched kevin willard when he signed these brought in these three players mm-hmm. you know what the uh, young don don uh, carry carry and who's the third one um uh, he brought in three players that transferred. in Martinez, is that uh, no? The, the, the players we play. Where's no? Uh, carry is zero. Z- is it carry he? is zero? Yeah, he's the george Three transfer. players he signed, but anyway, the point is,
0: he threw this a, team. A, a million was a transfer too. He threw
2: one. this team together very quickly and with not. I, I won't say a lot of thought. Uh, Kevin's a thoughtful coach, mm-hmm. uh, but I think given sort of the the longer haul of recruiting i think he's going to get a higher level of talent than you, is you, on this team you think right the now. road
0: this it, it's it's just so dramatic right yeah, like I, dramatic. I would expect a team to be better at home than on the road of course yeah, i would expect them right. to be better at home on the road but they're they haven't beaten one team that is even semi-competent on the road this season well, that's I mean, these,
2: these last two nebraska and, and the high state, yeah. state uh but I give an awful lot of credit to those coaches that night, uh, that they just had their team up a little bit more than Maryland. Yeah, it's and not I, like it's not like they played horrible games. No, they didn't. You know, they I don't just, know, they,
0: they were not that competitive the other night against Ohio State, and yeah. like they were pretty much, and they fell behind ten nothing. And it's the slow starts it's the slow starts, yeah. That's on the road, I, I think that stand but out. Like they, it's just
3: consistently starting slow is. Yeah. You know, I'm guess. just
2: not worried about it long haul. Mm. Get back to me like next next March. Yeah. And, and, if, they say, and, and if they go through another miserable season 10, on the road,
0: then we're yeah, going to have right. another lengthy conversation right, about whether right. there's a problem with Kevin Willard as a coach on the road. I think
2: within one or two years, he's going to have
0: Maryland back to where it was. Well, you know, you know, the, really we, we had Randolph Childress yes. on the other day, and he was very excited about that. Randolph Childress, of course, famously played at the Baltimore Arena in 95 in the NCAA tournament, which we hope we could get back here now with a new building. Um, but he said the same thing like I, I think it's going to happen quickly. I think yeah. that that's where this is going to go. And for the most part, that's the way that I have felt this season is if this is the if the, when you've got nothing, if this is what you're able to do with it. You know, imagine the sky is the limit.
2: Well, right, he uh, certainly they didn't get lucky the other night with uh, Penn State winning that last mm-hmm. that, that end of that game with uh, Northwestern because now Penn State is playing for something yeah. on Sunday. Mm-hmm. You know,
3: uh, Jahari Long is also he's a Seton Hall transfer. So yeah, he but he barely played this yeah. season. But like, he, was, he, the so point, he yeah. was the third guy. He was the third
0: guy. Look, I'm not. It, it's when I say this, I'm not suggesting that it's. Da- I just think it's something I'm going to file away. Like I think. Going into next year, I'm going to be thinking about like, okay, they got to prove that that was just a mm-hmm. an anomaly. It was just a first year, not, not not enough talent, weird year in the Big Ten where everybody was about the same. Like they have to prove that next year. I will
2: tell you one thing. I used to think the ACC was a tough conference. Mm-hmm. The the Big Ten is just it's remarkable they're just really no really horrid teams in the in the conference.
0: I guess the question would become is that everybody's good or everybody's mediocre, right? Like
2: I think everybody I, I will say there's a great deal of parity whichever way yeah. that parity is. It's just incredible and it figures to get even tougher when UCLA and
0: USC get Sure. Uh, just making those trips is going to make it yeah. much yeah, well, more difficult. I mean you're having
3: to sell it like Ohio State's four and fourteen in the yes, conference, and they have sellouts. In, well, and in, they just won back March. to back games against yeah. Illinois and Maryland, yeah.
0: who are two of the good teams right. in the Big Ten. I mean, yeah, it's, Holtman's it's, a good coach. There's no question. Like, I guess the, the their question there is why was it so bad to begin with, right? Like, yeah. they think they've got enough talent that it never should have bottomed out the way that it did. Uh, unfortunately, bad news locally last night on the college hoops front. Not stunning that Loyola lost to Colgate. Colgate is a monster within the Patriot League, an overwhelming favorite, but a real stunner. In Annapolis last night, where Navy oh, yeah. was knocked out of the Patriot League tournament, the number two seed in the league, knocked out by American, who had just had to play two nights earlier in a play-in game, goes into Annapolis. Obviously not a lengthy trip for them, but still, that was quite yeah. surprising. And Navy gets knocked out last night. So two teams whose season has come to an end. By the way, did you see what happened with your guy who was going for the scoring record last night? Yes. Yeah, I heard yeah so he... Though. Three points. Yep, he needed three points to tie. Three points yeah. short of Pete Maravich. So Antoine Davis is his name, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Three, from Detroit. His father's the coach of Detroit Mercury. Mm, yeah, Detroit Mercy, Mercy yeah. Mercy, so Mercy. finished three points short. Now I guess there's talk that they could try they to buy their into way the into one CBI of the CBI or the NIT. And, yeah, yeah, I, I don't the think the NIT is going to happen. Right, yeah. But that they could buy, try to buy their way into one of those tournaments in order to get him another game. To give him another shot at breaking the all-time scoring record in college basketball, three yeah. points, three <laughs> points short of uh, getting the. Somebody, record. somebody,
3: I saw, I forget who it was, but somebody tweeted out they were like, uh, he needs 26 points to break the record, uh, and if he wants to average the same amount of points that Pete Maravich averaged during his, like, eighty five oh, yeah, career sure. game yeah. career, he would need 2,600 well, points or something. So you're saying he didn't get that?
2: He's
0: he saying did he did came up it. just a bit short of that number?
2: How many, uh, what's the difference in
3: the number of games? Pete Maravich was in the 80s. Uh, uh, Antoine Davis has played in, like, over 140. Yes.
2: Games. Right. Because yeah, because he
0: got the entire extra season for Really COVID. important to get
2: those extra three points to, to still be humiliated in, in obtaining that
0: record. Ah... Uh, I mean it's I don't know what else Antoine I get why it's a big deal for Detroit Mercy. <laughs> yeah, I get yeah, sure. why it's a big deal for all of them. Uh Coppin beat Morgan last night on the road seventy-seven to sixty-five. So that was kind of interesting as they get ready for the MIAC tournament next week. Obviously Towson plays in the CA quarterfinals on Sunday night, UNBC hosting an America East quarterfinal Saturday afternoon. Against Binghamton, that's what's at stake, and the Maryland women play in the Big Ten women's tournament tonight at 9.30. In fact, I'll lay some more of that out here in Totally Tubular. In what time America. is uh, the the UMBC game? I think it's at 1 o'clock tomorrow, one if o'clock. I remember correctly. It's a Saturday afternoon game as they take on Binghamton. Right. So that's the uh, that's sort of the way that things uh, look. And speaking of the local front, you had uh, Towson football coach on last night.
2: Yeah, I had Pete Schenick on last night, uh, Gary Stein uh, – ghosted me at the last minute he had a son con- of a he bitch had a conflict yeah no, you know what not a good guy no he's out he's, he's out he's not a good he's guy. out can and griffin do that I, I, we, need to, we need to look
0: into that yeah. Yeah. it's not acceptable yeah. who does he think he is yeah i would never leave you out to try like that Stan. what kind of never. conflict was it by the way i got a lot of questions now yeah You got to get on that guy's yeah. ass but i'm i still you had a wonderful conversation a good conversation <laughs> i would say you. maybe even
2: better <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe, that's one way to look at maybe it. maybe even better yeah
0: um, but
5: I
2: actually had to study right, because, right. I, had, because yeah. I couldn't depend upon me being able to carry 30 minutes I get without it. looking at some things. Uh, we had an interesting conversation on his football team. Very yeah. cool. So you can find that and right this now. this
0: job, why it, was, why it was attractive to him. Sure. Yeah. You can find that right now. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports, PressBoxOnline.com slash video, or YouTube.com slash online. We'll come back in. We'll get a tidbit. We'll get tubular. We will wind down for a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio.
10: Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit and stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution, and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs
0: Baseball season is finally here, and what better way to celebrate than with some fresh gear from Birdland Sports. As a small business run by O's fans, Birdland Sports offers a great selection of unofficial merchandise, including unique designs like birds are coming tees, player cartoon shirts, and championship prediction designs. And the best part? Their prices are more affordable than the big guys. Get high-quality gear without breaking the bank. So whether you're heading to the ballpark or watching from home, show your love for the birds with Birdland Sports. Visit Birdland Sports. to browse their collection and gear up for the season. Let's go O's! Whether your focus is
8: luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on
0: new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Have you experienced hardship due to COVID-19? CCBC has great news for you. We have funding available for short-term career programs like project management starting this month. March. Gain valuable skills to advance your career and get back on track. With CCBC's Project Management Program, you'll learn how to effectively plan, organize, and execute projects. This is your chance to make a positive change in life. Contact us at 443-840-2222 or online ccbcmd.edu for more information. CCBC Project Management. Your new career starts now with funding
9: available. 443-840-2222 or ccbcmd.edu. Another Orioles season is in the books, and the batter was there every step of the way as the Birds posted their first winning season in six years. And after promoting two number one overall prospects in Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson, Mike Elias has said it's liftoff from here. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and along with my co-host Zach Goodman, we'll be here every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon, all off-season discussing every signing, trade, and waiver claim as we navigate the cold winter months that lead to spring training. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressbox online and facebook.com slash pressbox sports or listen live at pressboxonline.com radio and if you miss a show you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts so tune into the bat around with Paul Valley and Zach Goodman every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon right here at Pressbox Sports
2: Stan the Fan here welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors the Costa Inn and everybody around Baltimore knows the Costa Inn is a great place to go and grab Crabs, steak, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food. 410-477-1975. That's
9: the Costas Inn over 4100 North Point Boulevard. If you need more of Glenn, you can also hear him every Sunday with Rita on 105.7 The Fan. But also, if you need
10: more of Glenn,
9: um... What's wrong with you?
0: Happy to have CCBC on board. I wish I could find that audio from yesterday. I, I was doing some reads yesterday. I don't know if it's still up on uh, there. I was it doing like some reads end. yesterday, and I'm telling you, I started losing my mind trying to say in a sentence, for short term. But again, when you say For short term. Short term. You, went, short term. Y- y- you short did it. Term. You for did a it.
2: You, you for short term.
0: It's, d- for short term. For short term. Yeah, but when you're trying to do for it in a term. sentence. short yeah. term, so I wish sure. I, I. Let me see if I can pull up the script. Hang on a second. This was It was a nightmare. That's, it was I'd an take your word absolute for it. <laughs> nightmare. Because we're this, saying it now, like s- just as it's yeah, starting should, a sentence. The sentence sh- is CCBC, CCBC has funding available for. Sh- I did it again. For. 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 CCBC for. has funding available for short term career programs. Now, I've said it about a billion times right, in so the last 24 got, hours, so I finally gotten there. Right. But the first hundred times, you were for, for f- shirt term for, for for short sh- term. for short term for short, dude it is really really and who knew for short term like for it, short term like it it just took me for a very CBC long time She has for short term you got to keep you got to there's a lot of effort you that has to just in. gone really slow and then you just speed it up read it. afterwards you really do you really yeah. have for a short, it was term. a sh- and I during the it break I hurt your tongue. I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna
2: not fall asleep tonight, and that's what I'm gonna be. thinking Just keep about. thinking about that.
0: Flip, I, sh-
7: you sh- could
2: sh-
0: use it. it as a party favor. Try to get <laughs> yeah, like write it down and try to get people to attempt to say it and create tongue ties out of it. It was a. I wonder if you could win bets on it. Oh, I know, bet like you at can't. A bar. I bet you can't read this say, sentence. Uh, I'll give you. I'll the give you ten bucks. You yeah. give me twenty if you get it wrong.
3: My my friend is a Steelers fan. He's sending me bets. He's like, Anthony Richardson will be drafted by the ravens and he's sending me his like bet slips of him making bets that the ravens are going to draft okay anthony
0: richardson i mean they could to they, bo- to, they to bother me they could they yeah, could they do could. it frankly whether or not lamar jackson is on yeah. the team this season they know
2: kuyper has uh joey porter jr back in pittsburgh so i mean not so, back in right Pitt,
0: but in yes pittsburgh. so uh, joey porter jr met with the media in indianapolis yesterday right. and was asked about the possibility of being the ravens and he of course trying to be very he's like I, it was really my dad's thing not my <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you it would be the greatest news it would just be so wonderful all of, all of us in this business would high five everyone if we could get about a week's worth of content about the idea of joey imagine me having to track down joey porter senior for an interview oh can get todd heaps opinion about it we could go a long way with that that would be gold content wise if it worked out that way All right, uh, today's show is also brought to you by the Baltimore County Police Department. Nothing short-term about the Baltimore County Police Department. If you have a passion for service and you want a career for life, they are looking for you, and they have positions available. Cadet salary started over $32,000 a year. Entry-level officers over $60,000, and for lateral officers $64,000 a year with $10,000 signing bonuses available for entry-level and lateral officers plus specialization opportunities and advancement opportunities available within the Baltimore County Police Department. I passed the agility test with flying colors, I might add. You can do it too. They call you the agility? The agility. Th- th- I am Mr. Agilit. That's who I am, Agility. No, you're Mr. Irrelevant. Well, no, that's Brock Purdy, and it worked out all right for him. I am Mr. Agility. You can pass the test too. I believe in you. I know that that's the case. You, it it seems daunting, but you can do it. Um, and you can go see the video on our YouTube page if you want to see what it is that you have to do. It's it's do, a it's a lot. Do but, they have a test that makes you say
2: for sure? They better term? not, or
0: else I am out. Zero chance. <laughs> <laughs> like you, they hand me the script and I say thanks a lot appreciate you guys having me out best of luck in your search no you don't have to be able to let me know when
3: the physical tests are
0: yeah. I passed the agility I kicked ass I yep. beat up a Everything's couple good. people and then know. they said can yeah. you say this sentence and I said I sure can't yeah. but I appreciate it it's been good to have you uh, anyway the Baltimore County Police Department is looking for you join baltimorecountypd.com is the website or if you've got more questions call them With that in mind, there are two other things from this week. Yeah. I don't know if you know our friend Cordell Woodland from over at 105.7. I've been... Cordell Woodland. Apparently, it's... Good dude. Oh, great dude. dude. Woodland. Woodland. Like, two words put together. Not Not Woodland. I've always said it, Woodland. Like... And I couldn't tell if it was a Baltimore thing. So or, wait a minute, it's two words. It's cor- n- it's the, it's W O O D L A N D. Like Simeon
2: this. Woods Richardson, the baseball. It, it's pitcher. not hyphenated though. It's okay, not. It's, it's one word.
0: It's just you pronounce both parts. Woodland. Woodland, not right. woodland. Wood. Okay. That was a tough one for me this week. Okay. I had to learn that right because I like getting people's names right. right. I don't, don't want to get them. I right. never I paid much attention. to Yeah, that you in never my cared career. about that, right? <laughs> uh The other. Are you familiar with? Um, what the most popular convenience store is in the state of Iowa? It's not Royal Farms. It's not. We of course love Royal Farms, but I would say the Royal Farms of Iowa. God, I, for some reason, I'm, I, I, am I'm drawing, I'm drawing that this is something I've read mm. recently. What is it? So I, of course, uh, like a lot of people, was mesmerized by this basketball game last Saturday, this Iowa Michigan State basketball right, game, which right, was wild. Right. And of course, the moment where Fran McCaffrey is. Spending an entire time out staring down an official got a lot of play. I mean, he's a psychopath, right? And he just got a ton of play. One of my favorite coaches. I couldn't help but giggle because I looked over, and when everybody was sharing this picture of Fran McCaffrey like a psychopath, they also, on every courtside seat at Carver Hawk Arena have an advertisement for the most popular convenience store in the state of Iowa. Please, if you would. <laughs> I say it. Come and go. There you am come and go. And I wish there was an age, I wish that one day I could get to the point where I <laughs> I won't giggle. But every time, every time I will never be old enough. There will never be a day where the I'm able to come and go. The old come and go, huh? Yeah. That's one of Fran's favorite plays. I bet it is. The come and go. You, you, say to, you say to a young lady in high school, you say, hey, we could go out tonight. Maybe wander on down and come <laughs> and go. Come and go. Uh, we could do that. God, I wish, I wish I was mature enough. But I am not. No. Let's get a tidbit. Tidbit brought to you by your local Toyota dealer. BuyaToyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out BuyaToyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. So, could you say that the come and go is a short for short term? <laughs> I would say it, yes. It's a, no. It's there's a it's a reason. It's a you know it's a convenience store. It's I, not. All right, they're there for a short. It's short, four short, short-term stay. Four, for short. I don't want to. I don't want to do it. I'm going to embarrass myself. I don't want to do. It. I can say your unique personality, no problem. How about if we talk to the people that own Come and Go and give them the idea yeah, of yeah. calling for short term? Again, when you just say it for, for short term, you're like, oh, that's that's easy. <laughs> Put it in a sentence. Read the uh, script and tell me funny. what happens when you get to four short term. That is funny. Sh- four term for I, sure. I'm, I'm in here screaming. I'm like, it's not shirt, you idiot! It's short. Say it right, you're a professional. And by the way, it's six scripts. It's in every one of them. For sure. Four for sure. Short short term. Term. For sure. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. For sure. Every single one of them. If you... I, I was Wouldn't this funny close. if it wasn't I, I was this it. close to going full Howard Hughes yesterday. I was this close to peeing well, in you bottles. Could
2: record for short term and, and then use just in cut and paste it into
0: one. every single one. I I nailed it on this one and right. we're keeping <laughs> that one. That was I should have thought about that. It would have been a much more pleasant experience right. than the afternoon I had. This was torture. Then I you mean, would have been <laughs> able to just come and go. Yeah, correct. I could have. Just, I don't know what it's like to be waterboarded, but what I went through yesterday, was it forth. fell short. It was worse. <clears throat> it was worse than what I would rather, If you had to- at least waterboarding gets over quickly. At least it only lasts for a little while, and then it's done. This one was prolonged torture. It was a nightmare. <laughs> Do the tidbit.
3: Uh, all right. So, of course, on this day, March 3rd, uh, 1985, Kevin McHale, he uh, set the Celtics team record uh, for points in a game, 56. And he held that record for nine days until uh, Larry Bird dropped 60. Hmm about probably knowing
0: how much of an a-hole larry bird was (laughs) probably purposefully said i'm not gonna let him have that record (laughs) larry bird was like not in the in the in a basketball sense like larry bird was a an a-hole when it came to everything about it being on a basketball floor that doesn't surprise me one bit uh i saw this one going around
3: earlier this week it's a, a baseball one so there are there have been 12 there's been like 24 or 30 players that have done this all time, but they have 2,000 hits, 400 on-base percentage, and a 500 career slugging percentage across their career. 400 OBP, 500 slugging, and 2,000 career hits. Uh, They are all in the Hall of Fame, and uh, except for three, uh, there are four of them. 2,000 hits, 400 uh, on-base, 500 slugging. Uh, All of them are in the Hall of Fame. Twenty-four of them. I'm going to have you name uh, the 12 that have done it since 1950. Um, and there are four of them that are not in the Hall of Fame. and Four uh, that are
0: in the Hall of Fame? Not
3: in the Hall of Fame. Four th- All of them are in the Hall of Fame except for four.
0: So how many are there total? There's like 24
3: or something. I'm going to have okay. you name. There's you 12. I name- want you to name 12
0: since 1950. Since and 1950. And it's how many? It's 2,000 hits? 2000, 2,000 hits. 400 on base percentage, 500 slugging. Yes. And Ted Williams.
3: Ted Williams uh, was right before my cutoff. So, so <laughs> he, he has done this but uh yeah, everything I, I after and so there are eight that are in the Hall of Fame more than
2: retire not. until like 1961.
3: Oh really? Well, I cut I did I did I, did, I guess the way whatever their the way careers, I one to make did, me yeah. look bad. Yeah, right?
0: If their careers began. Stan Musial.
3: Stan Musial, yes. He is on my list. Thank you.
0: Um I'm trying to uh, 400. On well, the there's base there's percentage. that's 400. On that's 400 nuts. Mm-hmm. It's nuts. Each uh, row. Not each row. And uh, slugging, right? Yeah, crap. Hey. Um, 400 on-base percentage, 500 slugging. Okay. Albert Pujols. Not Albert Pujols. On base. Tony um, Oliva. Find out. Let's see. Tony Oliva?
3: Uh, no, not Tony Oliva. <sighs> <sighs>
0: Joe Morgan. Not Joe Morgan. We might not get one. We might be in trouble. I here. I got one. Three oh, se- yeah, seventy-four. Need some help. Eddie Murray.
3: Uh, Shoot, I clicked the wrong. No, not Eddie Murray.
7: Karen Vavra. So close. So close. Maybe he's, one day.
0: He's right there. Um, how about? I'm trying to think of who wouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. Like that's the. So it's got to be a steroid guy. Jim Rice.
3: Not Jim Rice. There's a gym. She's a wiz. How
2: about. Did you say there is a gym? Yeah. <laughs> There's a
3: gym. There's a gym. <laughs> this one is a former Jim Tomey? Jim Tomey.
0: Jim Tomey yeah. had a 400 on base percentage. Indeed, he did.
3: 402.
0: Is, did Barry Bonds have a 400 on base? Per-
3: yes. Yes. All right, Barry, Barry. Bonds. Barry Bonds is on the list, right, not in the okay. Hall of Fame. Yeah, there we go. Oh,
2: he's not in the Hall of Fame, so he doesn't yeah. he doesn't really count. No, 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 no He, this, count, he, he said there oh, are eight that are in the Hall of Fame, oh, four eight. that aren't
0: in the Hall yes. of Fame. How about Frank Thomas? Frank Thomas, indeed. Good one. Good one. Jeff Bagwell. Jeff Bagwell, indeed. Oh, I'm, I'm hot now, baby. Oh, I'm gonna really roll the dice. Raphael Palmero. Not Raphael ah! Palmeiro. <laughs> I was feeling myself there for a second because I got a few. Uh Todd Helton,
3: Todd Helton is on the list, not in the Hall of Fame Very yet. Very good, though. Yeah. Very good. Ryan Sandberg, not Ryan Sandberg.
2: How many Hall of Famers do
0: we have? I mean, we need four more.
5: Four more Hall of Famers.
0: Manny Ramirez, Manny Ramirez has done yeah, this and is not one. in the Hall. Yeah, like I, I don't think of those guys as like you know traditional on base presenters, but right. they just were getting walked so yeah. frequently that. How about Sosa
2: didn't, he He did not do it. No. He didn't have the 400
3: on base. You have 2,000 hits. Miguel Cabrera. Not Miguel Cabrera. That was a great guess, though.
0: So there's one active player. So the last one that's not in the Hall of Fame because they're active. Yeah. Mike Trout's not at 2,000 hits yet. There's an active player that's gotten to 2,000 hits. Arenado? Not Nolan Arenado. Are you counting Robbie Cano as being active? No, it is not Robinson Cano. Active player, two thousand hits, four hundred on.
3: Believe he spent his
0: yeah he spent his entire career with this one team. Spent his entire career with one team, two thousand hits. Two thousand.
7: Two thousand hits Ken, part is, is, is really. Is Ken Griffey one of
3: them? Uh, not Ken Griffey.
0: Not okay. Ken Griffey. Uh, uh. Well, it's not Freddie Freeman because he's not with the same team any longer. Right. Joey Votto. Joey Votto. Joey Votto. Joey Votto. Joey Votto. going to
2: give you props.
0: Yeah, but on. I wouldn't have gotten that if he hadn't said the one-team thing. So we're thing.
2: missing three, four Hall of
3: Famers. One. Yeah, that's what I
2: got. Yes, gonna, yeah. Four and Eddie Murray f- is
3: not one of them. Larry Walker. Larry Walker is on the list in the Hall of Fame.
0: Not Vlad Guerrero, I'm going to assume.
3: Not Vlad Guerrero.
0: Man. Not Scott
3: Rowland. Not Scott Rowland. It's there's a third baseman. I, I'm not sure that's going to help, but yeah, there's a third baseman. There's a third baseman, and yet you're More not, modern, more modern. You're not sure. Chipper depends. Jones? Chipper Jones, yes.
1: That's
0: a good one. Uh, and you said
3: there was a Jim
0: in there. Jim or was Tomei. that Jim yeah, yeah, that was Jim, was Jim Fred McGriff. Not Fred McGriff. He's in the Hall of Fame now, so. There's a Mariner. Well, I guess it's not. there's a Mariner. Edgar Martinez? Edgar. Edgar Martinez you did a good Yeah, but job. I'm only because he's giving me hints. Like I can't take credit for this. Kirby, more.
3: Puck, Kirby Puckett did Ooh, not I like have Kirby F- uh, not Kirby Puckett. This guy back at the beginning of uh, where my cutoff is 1950s.
0: Oh. Now I'm leaning on you, dog. Yeah. Brad D- Jackson called you old. I need I need you to come through for me. Um, old. God, I'm just really.
3: Big slugger, Lou Gehrig, not Lou Gehrig. Big too, slugger, too old, too old. Jimmy Fox, oh yeah, not no, Jimmy Fox, Jimmy, uh, Big too Slugger. Too old. In the, uh... yeah. Let me see if he's done
0: it. Uh, give me, give me something. Give us something. It give it away as a Yankee. Big slugger for the Yankees. Big slugger though for the Yankees. Reggie Jackson, not that's Reggie not Jackson. A... Not Mantle. Mickey Mantle. Oh yes. yeah, yes. you know, what? yeah, of yep. course. What Mickey am I mantle. doing? Of course, it's Mickey Mantle. Of course, that's the one. I right, guess good. he had a 400 on. Yeah, that's on base yeah, per that's time. a pretty. Uh, you know what? I'm coming around. He was a good baseball player. I don't care what you say. Yeah, Lou ah,
3: Gehrig Gar- and Jimmy Fox on the list. Yeah,
0: but just before I get mm, the, you yeah. whatever your your arbitrary cutoff was because yes. it didn't include Ted Williams. We'd have, we'll never really know what your actual Well, Because it was 12,
3: was. But I felt like that was a round number. So I got Stan Musial. Yes, you did. Okay. And you got you got
0: Mickey. You know, stands think alike. I
3: think everybody knows that. I like yeah. in the graphic that the person tweeted. Jim Thome is wearing an Orioles hat sure why not why
2: that's a, a, a good one hey
0: gambling can be fun unless you're trying to guess or gamble whether or not you can name the people that were on the list and then don't do that you should set a limit stay within it remember if you or a loved one has a gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 for free confidential services or visit helpmygamblingproblem.org tubular for the weekend is brought to you by pressboxonline.com slash offers sign up with DraftKings Bet $5, get $200 worth of free bets. Baseball betting is live. You can even bet on spring training if that's what you're into. You can also save your free bets. Like If you put in a bet right now, you can hold those free bets for college lacrosse. You can hold them for uh, the NCAA tournament is coming up. NFL draft. Sure, the NFL Mm -hmm. draft, the Masters, whatever it is, you can hold those free bets. You don't have to use them immediately. But get signed up, pressboxonline.com slash offers. Here's what's coming up this weekend. It's kind of all over the place because we start to get into a college uh, tournament time, and so something's still to be determined. Uh, Tonight, Big Ten Women's Tournament, Illinois and Maryland in the quarterfinals at 9 o'clock. Maryland baseball playing Ole Miss again after they played a series against them last weekend. They're both participating in some event up in Minnesota, which is why would you hold a baseball tournament in Minnesota in the beginning of March? You know where they play it? Where? At the Vikings Stadium. They're playing in, they like, in, in, indoors. They in put a makeshift baseball field down at the football stadium in – it's the weirdest thing. but that Maryland And that is a roof stadium. Yeah, it's dome, yeah. I I don't I know. I guess that's man. why you go to m- I don't know. Minnesota? But they're playing them today, and they're playing Vanderbilt tomorrow, and they're playing Hawaii on Sunday. It's very weird. Uh, Pirates-Orioles uh, radio all weekend. So tonight on WBAL, 6 o'clock, Vince Velazquez and Kyle Gibson – Tomorrow on 98 Rock and WBAL, it's uh, Braves-Orioles at 1. We know Tyler Wells is on the mound for that one. We don't know who's pitching yet on Sunday for Orioles-Rays at 1. Tomorrow, lots of lacrosse. Loyola hosts Lafayette at 1. Navy hosts Lehigh at noon. That's on ESPN+. Plus. Hopkins hosts St. Joseph's at 2, also on ESPN+. And then the America East Tournament, we referenced it earlier. UMBC hosting Binghamton at 1 on ESPN+. Uh, Maryland lacrosse hosts Notre Dame at one. That's a pretty good one there. That's a good game. Very good game, absolutely. That's on Big Ten Network Plus. UMBC lacrosse uh, taking on Towson tomorrow, so a nice local rivalry tomorrow at noon over at UMBC. And then, on, of course, tomorrow night, the big fight. John Jones uh, taking on Cyril Gane. Is it Sur- Gane or I it's thought it
3: was gone. I, it's surreal Gone. I'm pretty surreal sure. Surreal gone. At least that's how I've always heard it and I, I've said it. All, All right, that's tomorrow gone. night, 10 o'clock. It's come and go. It's
0: coming. Go- Thank you, Stan. I appreciate it. More with a K, though, with a K. More importantly, Bo Nickel opening up paper You're very the excited pay-per-view. about that. Uh, John Jones, is surreal gone. Surreal real gone. Yeah. Uh, for the heavyweight championship tomorrow night at ten on pay per view. I'm going to go to the, uh, the, uh, the 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 the, the Bavin Dusters in order to watch that ah. fight tomorrow night. I'm actually oh, going. Nice. I'm going outside to watch the fight tomorrow. Oh. On Sunday, Maryland hoops against Penn State at noon on Big Ten Network. By the way, that means Reed and I will be on at three o'clock on Sunday on 105.7 The Fan. Uh, the Big Ten Women's Championship at Maryland gets there will be at five o'clock on Sunday on ESPN. Towson Open CA Tournament play Sunday night at eight thirty against opponent to be determined on Flow Sports. That's on CBS, right? Or is it that, that's on Flow. Yeah, the, I think that only the, the semis and the championship I think are on. Darn. I know the championship is on CBS. I think yeah, the semis is on the CBS think, as yeah, well, but the uh, first the round course. is definitely yeah. on Flow Sports. Yes, Darn. and uh, everything else go to GlennClarkRadio.com. Non-sports, a big highlight this weekend right here in Baltimore. Smack... No. Why don't oh, I...
3: Don't boy. What a, what oh, boy. Let me double Smack check here. Oh, list. Chris Rock, yes. The Netflix yes. live special. Yeah. Saturday night.
0: What time is that? Uh, believe 10. Mm, I will not be, be
3: able to, to watch it, because I, I will be watching no. the fights. Yes. Yeah, Bo Nickel's going on right at that time. Yeah, you so.
0: keep going on
3: about that. Uh, Travis one. Travis Kelsey's going to be hosting SNL. I'll look at that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't know that... I, like, he's... T- <laughs> I'm definitely overall, that nobody thought we could win stuff.
3: Like, that was absurd. But Kel- Kelsey Ballerini will be the musical guest. Uh, she's dating. They're, uh, they're just doing like a Kelsey bit for uh, the, the yeah, week. Is that so. what it was? She's dating uh, Annapolis native, Chase Stokes from uh, OBX, John B.
0: Didn't she used to date one of the guys from All Time Low, too? Did she get Kelsey she might Ballerini? might have a thing for, for Maryland. I don't know. Oh. It's very okay. weird. Uh,
3: of course, Last of Us on Sunday night. Uh, there's a show on Prime Video called Daisy Jones and the Six. Uh, it's like about a band. I can't tell if this is a true story or not, but it's on Prime Video, and it looks kind of intense, looks kind okay. of cool. That's
0: the highlight. Those are the All highlights right, for good. the weekend. Yeah, Obviously, the Chris Rock special mm-hmm. is live on Netflix from the Hippodrome, and if you want to get in, I think tickets are available for about $1,200 if you want to check it out. Uh, Chris Rock from the Hippodrome this week. Tessa Thompson will be on Fallon for Creed Yes, 3. for Creed 3, exactly, and it's, which is available in theaters this weekend. I saw it last night. Functional, great oh, Functional, okay. Function. serviceable. I have a lot of. I did a lot of nitpicking afterwards. It's not just that the Rocky character was gone; it was really the most detached they could make the film from Rocky. Mm. And it was still a good. It was still like a
3: boxing film, and you know, it was definitely yeah, still a boxing
0: okay. film. And it's still a good. I'm looking film. forward to Jonathan Majors. Uh, Jonathan Majors was very good. In fact, okay, I thought good. I, I don't want to give. I don't want to give great. anything away. I don't want to give yeah, anything. Yeah, away. I don't like. I don't like. No I things, had. But. There were three big fight scenes. Two of them I had a problem with. Okay. So how are the walkouts? <laughs> such a weird part for you to care about.
3: That, those are those are those are great parts. So I, mean, weird I think the walkouts in the, walk-outs the first out. the first two creeds were great. All right. So.
0: All right. Stand the fan. <laughs> yep, you so. are headed down to Florida.
3: Yes, I am. Are you
2: doing a
0: show on Monday night before you yeah, leave?
2: Yeah, uh, Ross and I will be doing it. I think we're going to have Mike Devereux cool. with us, who just finished up he did some, a week uh, instruction. coaching and instruction
0: in the Orioles And then camp. you will be down in Florida from Tuesday, or Wednesday, Tuesday to Wednesday. Tuesday the to, the to the following Wednesday. 15th. And, of course, you'll be on Twitter at StanTheFan, sharing yeah. some on thoughts.
2: On the 16th, the first day back, Ed Hale will join us. So Gary Stein and I. Unless Gary ghosts me. Yeah, yeah, what the
0: hell is going yeah. on? we got to deal yeah. with that. But you'll be checking in with us, too, from yes. spring training. Yes, hope to. Hope to. That's the plan. The plan is maybe a call into the show or maybe we do a video. We're going to do some things We're for Stan the Fan. Some, the some dispatches from Stan the Fan from down in Sarasota is going to be part of the plan for while you're down there. Looking forward to, to seeing your thoughts on uh, everybody and getting ready for the start of the season. We appreciate you coming in with us, as always, today. Thank you. Thanks to Brad Jackson. Thanks also to, oh, God, Tim Tim Hasselbeck, Hasselbeck who checked in. That was a nice, pleasant surprise this morning. And uh, Taron Vavra as well from the Orioles. We'll get all of it up in the greatest hits section of the – Oh, my God, it's so good. – tab at glenclarkradio.com. Don't forget, the boys are on tomorrow morning, 10 to noon. Paul and Zach talking baseball. Stan will check in with them on the bat around, so join them for that. And then Rita and I, 3 to 6 on Sunday over on 105.7 The Fan – Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, the Baltimore County Police Department, Problem Gambling, Royal Farms, the Costas Inn, CCBC, your local Toyota dealer, at buyatoyota.com. For short term. For, for sh- short term. For short Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great weekend. Go all the local hoops teams. Go all the local lacrosse teams. Duke sucks.